0: Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans from this undisclosed bunker. Here's your
1: host, Tony Reeves. ongoing crime wave in Minneapolis has some black community
2: leaders calling on the city council to help them do something about it. Fox 9's Karen Scullin with more on what these activists say and what two council members say is fueling the problem.
3: A memorial to the woman who was shot and killed Sunday night, her unborn baby delivered and fighting for his life. That has left some in the community sending a strong message to city council. They believe there's a direct connection between the recent violence and the city council's effort to defund and abolish the police department. When the city council
4: started talking about abolish and dismantling law enforcement, it destroyed. it's destroying our community right now.
3: With these calls for abolishing the police and no real substantive plan, To follow those words have led some folks in our communities um, to believe that they have a, a sort of open season on their enemies. Today, several groups were asking why won't city council meet with them on police reform, and why won't any of them take a stand against the ongoing violence? It is time for us to stand up in this city. It is time to tell the city council that utopia is a bunch of B.S., we are not in Mayberry RFD, we are in the wild, wild west. We happen to run into council member Andrea Jenkins on our way out of today's news conference.
5: The violence is an emergency situation for me right now. Right.
3: What about the rest of the council? I can't speak for the rest of the council, ma'am. Why use the words defund and abolish if it almost sounds like you're talking about the same thing? We're saying the same. Thing. Yes, why use the words defund and abolish? Why not? work together and come up with some reforms.
5: That's exactly what I'm proposing. Work together, come up with reforms. Have a
3: nice day everybody. We contacted five other council members on the issue. Jeremiah Ellison responded, saying he's going to neighborhood meetings with the fourth precinct inspector to hear community concerns on violence. But he does not believe there's a correlation between calls to defund and the crime wave, but rather the police killing alone is inspiring it. So if every city has this problem, after uh, a police killing, um, and we're the only city having
6: the, this current conversation, I can't see how uh, a rational person would correlate.
3: Now, Ellison goes on to say that he and other council members will meet with anyone who makes a request. He does stand firm, though, on his idea to abolish the police department, a plan that clearly some of the community do not agree with. In Minneapolis, Karen Scullen. Fox
7: Nine, and welcome back to Flyover Politics podcast. It's the first of August, year of our Lord twenty twenty, and I love that lady. That lady's from Minneapolis. They brought some community leaders in, and I gotta admit that is the, this isn't Mayberry, folks, and it really isn't. So today we're gonna do our usual run of mill show. Got a little violence. Gonna cover some hearings, uh, the bar hearing and the tech hearing. Not as big as you think it would be. Um, and I stumbled across something that is going to fatten up our woke section, because I'm going to tell you right now, I saw a movie, it came up, and I think, you know, um, as we've been saying lately, uh, in the zeal to be PC, sometimes the woke crowd just goes too far. And there was a movie... This movie was from 2004, because remember, whenever we have a conservative president um, or a Republican president, it, it we have Nazis. We have racism. That's when they pull that out, because that's what Democrats do, right? That, that's what they do. So this movie was what they're trying to do now, which is if the Confederacy won. And this is some of the racist shit ever. Now, they say they researched and found stuff pre-emancipation. And that's where they came up with this shit. Except for one restaurant. Uh, For those that are in your 50s, you can remember the days of Sambo's. Right? Well, this was super racist, this place. Um, But it's a great juxtaposition between... What's reality and what the left thinks? Because right now, as we know, the left thinks we're all just one huge racist fucking country. And you have one-offs of racism. Yes, we have one-offs of racist shit. That goes both ways. But it's one-offs. But not to this crowd. This crowd, everybody's a racist. So, to get a few things done up front, uh, Trump trashes Biden 3-1 to with Obama voters. In the Midwest, and they went through Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Zogsby, which usually predicts, he's predicted almost everyone right, still is predicting Trump's going to win. I, I don't see that happening. Um, but that's what he is projecting. And so they went back through and did a poll of people that were Obama voters, but flipped to Trump. And 75% of them are still going to vote for Trump. Um, kind of like the walk away we had from last podcast. David Martosco brings the next one. Can anyone honestly doubt journalism has lost its way? This new Harris poll via Axios shows airlines is the only industry that lost more public approval than the media since the start of the COVID epidemic. Advocates posing as journalists have ruined the profession. Editors have failed to hold advocates to account. Young reporters don't feel like they need to call the people to write about. Reposting, repackaging other stories is routine. Anonymous quotes are overused. And it is... Media's negative five. They've just fuck themselves. Because I don't, I think they, once again, it's Twitter concept that that's America. They truly believe, well, yeah, on Twitter, you're majority lib. Because that's all, once again, it's who you follow. If, if I want to be honest, who do, who do I follow? More conservative people. So to me, America looks conservative, even though it's not. But that's our media. They they live on Twitter. They get their stories from Twitter, and of course, to them, the world is shit fest. Um, so I don't know. Thought that was interesting. Then CBS experiment. They went out and did what they always do: try to prove Trump wrong. But all they did is prove that he's right with mail in ballots.
2: A record number of Americans are expected to mail in their votes this November because of the pandemic. But when you send in your ballot, what are the odds it will actually count? CBS This Morning's Tony Decoppel put the Postal Service to the test.
5: If you know how to mail a letter, you already know how to mail in your vote. How you doing? But how long might it take for that vote to actually arrive and be counted? Have a good afternoon. We decided to test it, sending a hundred mock ballots simulating a hundred voters from locations all across Philadelphia to a P.O. box we set up to represent a local election office. In the following week, we checked our PO box for the results. Mail pickup notice. There's more. When we went to collect everything, though, nothing. <coughs> most of our votes seemed to be lost.
8: That's all I have back there right now.
5: There's, there's you're sure? I, you're totally That's sure? You Are totally sure? I believe
8: you. I'm
5: Twenty-one percent of our votes hadn't materialized after four days. So, of our 100 ballots, 97 arrived, which sounds pretty good. Unless you consider the fact that that means three people who tried to vote by mail in our mock election were in fact disenfranchised by mail. In a close election, 3% could be pivotal, especially in what's expected to be a record year for mail-in voting.
9: President Trump again this week repeating claims without evidence that widespread mail-in voting this November would lead to rampant fraud.
10: I want to look ahead to the election.
11: The president continues to warn that it's going to be rigged, that's his word, by mail-in ballots. Even though there's no compelling evidence that mail-in ballots are tied to widespread voter fraud. Republican
12: voters do listen to President Trump when he expresses concern, usually without any evidence we should note, about the integrity of mail ballots.
7: 21% didn't show up out of 100 ballots. People keep covering it, but the media doesn't want to fucking acknowledge... That it doesn't work. You know, I even heard somebody, Obama, which we're not really covering his, his kumbaya speech at Lewis's funeral. Don't you notice how more and more liberals, when they die, God, we just lionize these people. I mean, he's, he was a great figure. Got it. He got beaten. Pettus Bridge. But you can't have a funeral for your mom. Why the fuck can he have a four-day funeral? Parades. I don't understand. I mean, I just don't understand. But we have a we have a segment on that. But uh, he even Obama said a, a disparaging the postal service. Well, the postal service sucks. There's no. Why do we have UPS and FedEx? Because the postal service fucks, fucking sucks. She gets lost all the time. It's not that they are fucking bunch of assholes that go out to screw people. It's just. That's life, man. You're putting shit in fucking machines, sorting it. It's a piece of fucking paper. And then we have an article that, you know, I'm just going to cover briefly, but it's amazing how many people literally standing out and not saying I'm going to BLM Kool-Aid. Steven Tuitt, Steelers defensive end, is pretty adamant about standing for the national anthem. Mike Ditka, which we had on the last show. Charles Barkley, we're about to hear. Richie Wurzinski, he's a pro golfer. Uh, he wore last weekend uh Blue Lives Matter wristband and got crushed for it. Sam Conrude, we already talked about him. Aubrey Huff, uh, speaking of the Giants, Aubrey Huff was instrumental in giving Frisco the 2010 World Series. And she even, or he even posts, which really kind of surprises the shit out of me. But then I found in this little bullshit segment of one article, I guess is what I'm trying to say, one article, there was a link to Tyler Perry. And, wow, this is a lot of balls. So you saw players,
4: coaches, game officials alike, all taking a knee in Orlando, just before the start of Game One of the NBA's restart, it's been 140 days on since we have seen an NBA L.A. game Number that 10, counts. Mike
5: Conley.
13: Yes, that was uh, beautifully At done. Uh, done, done in unity. Uh, nice to see. Again, when you have your platform, <clears throat> I think it's very, uh, very important that you speak up. It's very important that you speak your mind. But when you talk about change, it's also you have to talk about protocol. So we use our voice to to bring awareness. Now we have to go vote. We have to vote our mayors and our, our, our mayors appoint new chiefs of police. We have to vote senators and politicians. It, you know, it doesn't just stop with just sending out a tweet or just, you know, yelling all the time. We have to continue to fight, continue the movement, and, you know, follow and, you know, chase the uh, protocol. Again, I'm proud of everybody. Everyone should use their platform how they see. Hey, I'm not hey, the type hey, of guy to say you should do this, you should do that. You know, everyone has their own platform. You know, they run their own brand. Uh, I'm proud of everyone. And my thing is, listen, the national anthem mean different things to different people. Uh, I'm glad these guys are all unified. But if people if people don't kneel, they're not a bad person. Uh, I, I want to make that perfectly clear. Uh, I'm glad they had unity. But if we have a guy who doesn't want to kneel because the anthem means something to him, he should not be vilified. Mm. Your great uh, your great
14: grandfather was, was enslaved in, in this country. You are also the owner of the largest movie studio in the U.S., which just happens to be built on what was a military base for the Confederate Army. Uh, I mean, the arc of that is just is an extraordinary thing. Um, the president is arguing that confederate statues monuments are, are part of our heritage. As somebody who is a storyteller, what, what story do you think these statues tell you and us and should they come down?
13: Uh, for me, I grew up, uh, growing up in New Orleans, and there's a circle that's called Lee Circle that takes you from from uh, where the streetcar actually goes around it to take you into the French Quarters in downtown, and you see the Robert E. Lee up, up top, and there's a Robert E. Lee High School. So these, um, and listen, as a kid, I loved the Dukes of Hazards until I realized what the, what the flag represented as I got older. And again, that's going back to holding on to the innocence. Um, When I I see these monuments, for me, I can look at them and realize I don't need to see them in the air to understand what happened. I have this. I wear this every day. I wake up with it every day. And even in America in 2020, there's still racism that I deal with. Even me that I deal with on a constant basis in Hollywood, in this, in the business, you know, as much as I've been able to accomplish, if I, if, if people would have given me the, the shot to just have a fair playing field, God knows where I could be at this point. So I've always had to find a way. How do I find a way to make it inside of this? That's what my mother taught me who grew up in the Jim Crow South. You have to find a way. So that's what i been trying to do all these years to find a way so when i see these statues and these monuments to to be on this land that was once a confederate army base i mean think about the poetic justice in that where there were where were uh people plant uh, uh, confederate soldiers plotting and planning strategy on how to keep negroes enslaved and now that land is owned by a negro that for me is is beyond poetic justice. And there's still several streets here that are named after Confederate generals on the base that I'm hmm. changing. When you talk about my uh, my uh, ancestors and great, great, great grand, grandfather, I want to change them to those names so that hmm. they can be honored as well. You know, I read recently that you
14: donated Kroger, I think it was gift cards uh, to people in the Atlanta area. And you got the Atlanta Police Department to help distribute them around to people in, in need um, when, when, you know, there's a large movement within a uh, protest movement of defunding police. Republicans are focusing on that as saying that, you know, the Democrats want to do away with police departments, which I don't think is what defund police means. But when you hear that slogan, what do you think?
13: Well, when I first heard it, I, I was troubled by it. I thought, okay, this is this is going to be weaponized by in this political year. I, I completely thought that that was happening, and that's exactly what's happened. It's been weaponized. But I did some research, and what I would challenge people to do is to re- do research on find out what it means. Now, you got to understand this. I'm not for taking money for the police department. I think we need more police. My studio is in in a neighborhood where I think we need police, but we don't need a police that have uh, or that are undertrained. And you got to understand, I have really close friends who are police officers that I love dearly who are really good people who have been very, very hurt by this as well. And here's what I want you to understand, Anderson. Wrong where there's wrong, I'm going to stand up against it. When 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 uh, Rashad Brooks was murdered, I thought that was wrong. When George George Floyd was murdered, I thought that was wrong like so many other people. But when a police officer who was white in the, in a suburb in Atlanta was shot in the head by a shoplifter, I thought that was wrong too, and I reached out to do what I can to help his family. When Sicoria was, an uh, eight-year-old, was shot near the Wendy's in her mother's back seat, I thought that was wrong too. So anywhere there's wrong, I'm going to stand up against it. I just don't believe that, and I believe that most I don't believe that that there are lots of people, let me just change this to understand that, there are a lot of people in America who feel the way that I do, right? I think we need the police. I, I know that I need the police. I have several that work for me here at the studio. We need them, but we need them reformed. We need them trained well. We need the right um, structure right but some of the things inside of defund the police i really understand like having officers who are clinically trained to deal with certain situations i think all of those things are helpful but Mm -hmm. taking money from the police department um to to make the police department smaller that troubles me
7: we need more cops and he's actually a hundred percent right but you can't stop getting these articles new york post writer BLM sweet sounding con unconcerned with black on black crime. It takes a lot of guts to swim upstream against the Black Lives Matter tidal wave sweeping the country. New York Post columnist Phil Muskick looks like Michael Phelps doing just that in a post exposing pro sports providing cover for the true and troubling nature of BLM. Mushniks calls out black on black crime as a significant problem and exposes BLM as a hollow movement. Black Lives Matter is a sweet-sounding con. The Minneapolis police killing of George Floyd to serve less as a cause than an excuse. A welcome starter pistol to foment radical violent destruction to anything that strikes BLM protesters as a target for vandalism, arson, and revolution to feed extreme left-wing fascism. The founder of BLM are proudly trained Marxists, Mushnick says. BLM has almost nothing to do with black lives, but is bent on destroying American historic symbols and institution. Not to demonstrate concern for the continuing growing slaughter of blacks in our cities, to small surprise, a pro-sports struck in fight. Frightening pandering mode chose not to know or ignore this. Mushnik continues, and now no NBA, NFL, or MLB game, MLB game will appear on TV without the presumption of every white viewer being a racist or in immediate need of racial recalibration. Having not opposed a minority since breakfast, that's sickening. Because people are listening to what they say. He continues, taking a knee is now a visual take names referendum on whether one is a racist courtesy of commissioners who couldn't foresee the large can of lockstep political goose stepping they invited. To people who have actually examined the nature of BLM, they find it antithetical to democracy. Nevertheless, to refuse to kneel to BLM servitude is the risk the perils that go with noncompliance. After all, BLM has inspired the destruction of anything and everything, including states honoring the bravery of pre-Civil War abolitionists. That means more to BLM than any latest count of dead in the street black lives. The name BLM may have a nice ring to it, but Musnick asks rhetorically if anyone has ever seen a BLM urban protest of blacks daily murdering blacks. But BLM is too busy advocating indiscriminate, rioting, looting, vandalizing, and destruction of churches, museums, municipal buildings, parks, public transportation, and destruction of businesses some black own. The Post writer charges. American sports, particularly activists like LeBron James and Colin Kaepernick, choose Nike money over democracy. Red China partner Nike millions call many shots in U.S. sports. The progressive Black Lives Matter movement has never cared about black lives unless their deaths can be exploited for chaos. Has games has gamed the MLB and the NFL and NBA. Um, later on, Grant Napier, here, and previously tweeted the words All Live Matter, every one of them, he was branded a racist and canceled for his radio program. But in the name of progress and equality, we keep sprinting backwards, our eyes closed capitulating to those who keep laying us lower. We always talk about Black Lives Matter, but what are we doing ourselves? The media is never going to cover it. Because they're too busy finding any way to get Biden elected, and one of them was the death of Herman Cain. Now, I could give two shits about Herman Cain, to be quite honest. I don't know much about the guy. I know he ran for president, but I don't I don't know anything. But the way Navarro, Reed, and all these people treated him, it's just fucking horrible. The View contributor Anna Navarro nagged Kane and death for exposing himself to coronavirus at a Trump rally. While well, there was no proof that had contracted the virus at the event, as he's been traveling all over the country for weeks, pictures him in June, Trump with event without a mask, had her seeing red. When without, Within hours of his death, Navarro tweeted, Herman Cain thought COVID was a hoax, scoffed at wearing a mask, died of COVID. Wow, what a heartfelt condolence. She then went after other conservatives who haven't embraced abject fear during the plague. Bill Montgomery, co-founder of Pro-Trump Turning Point USA, scoffs at the virus, died of COVID. Representative Gomer refused to wear a mask, has COVID. See a pattern? COVID doesn't care about partisanship. But look how far she's willing to go for parsonship. MSDNC's Joy Reed offered condolences to Kane family, along with a subtle twist in a political knife. She tweeted, Herman Kane has died weeks after attending Donald Trump Tulsa rally, not wearing a mask. Condolences to his family. Oh, yeah. Then we have Aaron Rupar, or uh, well, April Ryan, waiting for a tweet from Ronald Don- real Donald Trump on the death of Herman Cain, who died of COVID after the Tulsa rally. Real Donald Trump has blood on his hands. That's a journalist. Occupy Democrat managing editor, he did something. Aaron Rupar, Herman Cain, last public appearance was appearing at Trump rally without a mask. He posted an anti-mask tweet the day before that has since been deleted. People's reply, dance on the grave, you ghoul. Reuters, Herman Cain, ex-presidential candidate, refused to wear a mask, dies after COVID-19 diagnosis. Reply, he hasn't even had an autopsy. The body isn't even cold, and Reuters is already dancing on his grave. But they
15: even did it on the air. The virus is rapidly swallowing us. All colors, all stripes, all creeds. It just took a former presidential candidate, Herman Cain. Yes, he supported the president. The president says he was a good friend of his. We wish his family well, and we wish that he rest in peace. And I wish that this president have no peace until he thinks about what he's exposing people to. He didn't even mention that Mr. Cain was at his rally among the maskless masses right before he was diagnosed. Now, maybe he didn't get it there. Sure as hell didn't help. May Herm Cain rest in peace. He fell ill not long after that rally in June, the one in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You see him not wearing a mask. The president doesn't get it. And he dealt another blow to the rest of us today when he had to deal with the loss of one of his friends to coronavirus. But how he explained it, what he didn't say. This time, we all know former presidential candidate Herm Cain. He died way too young from coronavirus, just in his 70s, so many years in front of him. The president said nothing about how the death changed how he feels about this pandemic. No sense of her. We got a lot of that dickweed today. He, he, his ratings are going to shit because people
7: got sick of his jerk off fest with his brother. So we've been getting a lot of this, him saying outlandish shit. He, he's also in our violence section. But then we get Ben Shapiro, and I think he really sums it up, and I wanted to read this up front before we go into our violent left, which, once again, is Cuomo again. The left's willingness to tolerate violence should frighten all Americans. Mostly peaceful, so goes the characterization of demonstrations that have routinely turned into looting and rioting for months on end from Portland to Seattle, New York to Los Angeles. Protesters in California set fire at a courthouse, damaged police station, and assaulted officers after peaceful demonstration and testified, read one recent ABC News tweet that we covered on the last podcast. CNN called protests in Portland mostly peaceful, adding that they have had at times devolved into violence, vandalism, and arson. During riots in Los Angeles in June as the entire country locked down, the Los Angeles Times noted the third night of countywide curfew followed days of massive, mostly peaceful protests. Nearly 1,200 people were arrested Sunday after police officers clashed with demonstrators and looters, shattered windows, empty stores in Santa Monica and Long Beach. The phrase mostly peaceful, then, is rather fungible, considering that during the Tea Party protests of 2011, then-Vice President Joe Biden reportedly likened Tea Partiers to terrorists. And those protests were notable mostly for people cleaning up their own litter. When anti-lockdown protesters descended on Michigan state Capitol, colonists in the New York Times labeled them armed rebels, despite a complete lack of violence. When three white supremacists were arrested for plotting violence at a pro-gun rally, GQ's Talia Levine headlined that pro-gun rally in Virginia wasn't exactly peaceful, even though the rally saw no violence. In truth, the category of mostly peaceful is a brand-new invention meant to obscure the simple fact that many of our cultural elites are fine with violence, so as long as those who engage in such violence have the proper goals. Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the pseudo-historical 1619 Project, celebrated when critics labeled the rioting eluding the 1619 riots. She added the destruction of property was not violence. This week, Democrats grilled Attorney General Bill Barr could not be bothered to condemn violence, prompting Barr to rant, What makes me concerned for the country is that, in the first time in my memory, the leaders of one of our great two political parties, the Democratic Party, are not coming out and condemning mod violence in the attack on federal courts. This should come as little surprise given that those same cultural elites have cheered on massive protests in a time of deadly pandemic, explaining that sometimes politics is just too important to stop a raging disease. Our journey back to the 60s is nearly complete. Too many Americans have rejected some of the key lessons of that time, that a breakdown in law and order costs lives, that political change does not require violence, in favor of a newfound sense of purpose. These Americans will pat the violent vanguards of revolution on the head, content that they will not pay the price, all the while maintaining that those who crave law and order stand for regressive autocracy. Thus, Mayor Jenny Durkin of Seattle recently informed MSDNC that federal law enforcement attempt to stop destruction of a federal property in Portland actually represented a dry run for martial law. With Democrats and those in the media willing to run cover for violent leftists, the thin veneer of civilization disintegrates. When violence is excused as speech and speech by the opposition labeled violence, democracy dies. With each passing day of silence by those who should know better, or worse, those propagandizing on behalf of those who engage in criminal activity, America draws closer to the brink. He's spot on. And how could I not lead us into our violence section with the supercut? Every one of your media better saying peaceful protest.
4: I I, I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a mostly a protest uh it is not uh it is not generally speaking unruly but fires have been
7: started and and first thing i want to make perfectly clear this has been almost entirely
16: peaceful in fact completely peaceful it's been a mostly peaceful
3: protest but then they chose
16: to move in
17: Uh, many of these protests have been largely peaceful Mostly mostly peaceful
16: mostly
18: peaceful
6: mostly peaceful. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
18: I'm looking at those live pictures next to you, and they seem very
15: peaceful. There are always folks on the fringes of protest that do the things that uh, we don't don't like.
19: A few people who break a few windows and burn a few cars.
1: They just threw
16: something on fire, Chris, a firecracker. Something's on fire.
19: No
20: one should be destructing uh, property and that sort of thing. But I understand the anger.
4: Discount people who are doing things to public property that that they shouldn't be doing. It does have to be understood that this city has got, uh, for the last several
15: years, an issue with police. So many good people out there who want change and who are demanding change. Our country was started because
20: this is how the Boston Tea Party rioting. So don't do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before and then this is so terrible, and where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country
5: was started.
21: Bullies
22: don't win. And I said, baby, they don't, because we're gonna go in there, we're gonna impeach the Talking about women's reproductive rights when you've got a dick! No- I don't give
23: a fuck. It's my body. Fuck me. Realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men. Most of them radicalized to the right. All punches
15: are not equal, morally. I'll tell you what's weak: creating a false crisis and ignoring a real one. The idea that he's cleaning out Portland is garbage. We're talking about a single city block. Here's what the federal courthouse looked like a month ago. It was already graffiti, but otherwise it was fine. Here's what it looks like today. There's still a lot of graffiti. Now there's a barricade, all right? As for whether it was worth it, consider in the weeks the feds were in charge, they beat up and pepper sprayed a Navy veteran that we had on the show. They fractured another protester's skull by shooting him in the head with a crowd control round. They gassed the mayor. They gassed a bunch of moms. They snatched an American citizen off the street and eroded trust in our democracy and definitely amped up the protests. This is not what these men and women signed up for. I feel badly for these federal officials and agents. The tactical team sent to Portland work for ICE and Customs and Border Protection. They should be doing their jobs where it matters, not here doing the bidding for Trump. You know, the left's
7: really big on you're on the wrong side of history. And I think that the media, CNN specifically, MSDNC, Walpole New York Times, they're going to find out over time with viewership and readership that they're on the wrong side of media because nobody agrees with them. For Matt in Oregon, U.S. Attorney hammers the media. And the NGO, which I got tweets to back up what Matt sent me, U.S. Attorney for Oregon, Billy Williams, gets irritated by because media who refuse to accurately describe the criminal behavior of rioters trying to burn down the Portland federal courthouse. Bruce Hooley, what you have failed and the media has failed to distinguish. You seem unwilling to call people engaged in criminal conduct as criminals. You're using late night activity. Late night activity. It sounds like a party. Idiocracy. The fact that he has to explain this to these dumbasses reporters with a background is just mind boggling. This is a special kind of stupid we're dealing with here. And it is.
20: Well, it's pretty disgusting. Uh, and unfortunately having, happening every night. Um, this is just mindless violence. And, um,
1: Michael, where are you?
8: you know, Michael? anyone
20: who- uh,
1: Michael? Who defends the
20: violence is enabling this to continue. So that's unfortunate, but it's it's you know it's a mess. What do you
4: think is going to? What, what is it going to take to turn the tide here?
20: Yeah. So what I think it's going to take this this has to be a community solution. Uh, it's not a law enforcement solution. We're we're responding, dealing with it, protecting this property, just like the city police are. You know, protecting city property but any real solution to stop the mindless violence that goes on um, has to come from the community and I include uh, you know uh, various community leaders uh, faith leaders um, business leaders um, working with whoever wants to join in a, a coalition, um, uh, whatever you want to call that, the coalition of the willing, whatever.
4: It takes a village.
20: Uh, no, I'm, no, I'm not going down <laughs> no. that road. No, it takes some leadership, okay. which um, is uh, missing
16: okay.
20: right now. So, it, 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 but to, to change this, because otherwise, this activity is just, you know, it's hijacking the moment in history right um um there are opportunities following the murder of george floyd and and the thousands and thousands of lawful protesters and and groups calling for change which everyone can agree there's um change needed so, so this is one of those moments in history where it can occur, but it's being held back by this. This is just mindless violence, and it's been politicized. And in my view, that's what enables this to continue, because no one in their right mind thinks this is, this is okay. Some, some uh, so, say what's
9: politicized this, though, is the federal agents being here. Since I yeah, the federal
20: that. agents being here are protecting federal property. Um, that is not accurate. Blaming federal agents for, for protecting federal property um, is, is an easy out uh, for people who want to politicize this.
24: But are they protecting federal property when they're out on the streets? They're and not
20: out on the streets. Okay? They
24: were last night. They were out on the streets. There's video of them outside of the fence. Okay, In the previous so, nights, we've seen them out on the streets.
20: Okay, so uh, we can review what, it, why, what took them out there. But again, this is such an easy political out for people who want to politicize what's going on. Do you what?
24: think Trump is politicizing this?
20: Uh, the politicizing of what the violence is is what i'm talking about okay i'm not going to get into a debate i don't walk in that lane I, i walk in the law enforcement lane this look around i mean do you think it's okay is there any justification for this i hope not i mean portland is losing its soul right now and 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 you know, what's coming out of City Hall calling cops liars, uh, th- that they're the ones of, of starting the fires and then blaming protesters, I mean, how ridiculous is that? Um, that's not leadership. So, what I will tell you is, um, this needs to stop. People lawfully protesting need to be able to do it safely and, and work together for the changes they're asking for in, in a Democratic, uh, uh, following democracy um, and and legislative changes, policy changes, whatever, but but this isn't accomplishing anything.
15: How long can how long can last night
4: or the last fifty days? How long can the status quo go on?
20: Well, you know that's a great question. Is is this a, for a, for a for a city? Um, who likes to have a reputation as a, an environmentally sound. Uh, 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 does this help? Uh, yesterday morning, there were hundreds of, of plastic bottles out here. How does that help the climate, the environment? Uh, so, how long this goes on? Uh, you have to ask the community how long they're willing to tolerate this mindless violence because this doesn't promote the cause of protesters it just destroys property and so um to answer your question if there are allegations of misconduct there there are investigations going on right now it, it's a process there's accountability uh, in every agency that's why you have these measures that you go through when you do an investigation so if you've got an allegation uh, that, that needs to be reviewed and looked at. It's a process. It's called the the criminal justice system and the administrative side of, of, of an agency review. Every agency has it. Every agency goes through it, whether it's state, local, or federal. Can so... Can I just
0: ask you, who had the drone up last night? I have no it?
20: idea. Was it? I have no idea.
0: Oh, okay.
20: Yeah. I News to me, there was a drone up last <laughs> night, but I'm not surprised or... Well
0: you know, I, I thought there was a no fly drone zone, that's why I was surprised. Yeah, I, so I was know. wondering if it was one of the federal police agencies
20: supporting. I have no idea. Um, uh, you're telling me something I, I, I don't know about this morning, so
24: you were talking about specific change of leadership. Can you get more specific at it exactly? You were talking about specific change in leadership up at City I Hall. Did, I,
20: I didn't talk about a change in leadership. What 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 I talked about is there needs to be leadership. So who do you want to show I'm not, leadership? No, that's up to, to voters in the, in the city of Portland. What I'm saying is, you you just if if you don't help direct this in a different direction, you're enabling violence. That's what I'm telling you. Do you so, think
0: when the mayor came down the other night and talked to protesters that that was enabling it or was he helping to quell it?
20: Uh, you know, the, the mayor is the mayor of Portland. He, he can come down and talk to whomever he wants to. Um, uh, you know, Mayor Wheeler has, has tried to address the difference between protesters and violence. So, so the fact that Mayor Wheeler came down here to engage and answer questions, um, you know, that's, that's his choice to do that. It's not a criticism. And, and the fact that people turned violent and were yelling terrible things at him, you know, that, that doesn't help the city or, or or in this. This just shows you the, the, the mild, mindless violence people are willing to engage in. This isn't, you know, so that's, uh, Mayor Wheeler or any anybody else gets to come down and speak at, at a lawful protest. And no one on this side of the fence wants to interfere with that. But well, this is nonsense.
9: Let me ask you, though, because he was tear gassed, as we all know, and he, while he was here, fires were set. Um, fireworks were thrown over this barricade, yet he said he saw nothing that he thought demanded the kind of response that federal agencies gave him.
20: Well, I disagree with that. Um, Federal agents are, are protecting this property. They, they are following uh, training and protocols of, of when to, to um, and how to respond. And so I, I don't agree with that. But but I'm not criticizing the mayor for coming down and speaking. He has the right to do that.
24: So if we're going back to how you were talking about, this is shadowing the overall message about Black Lives Matter. right? You feel like the late night demonstrations are taking away from the fight. For racial justice. Is These
20: aren't late night demonstrations. This is criminal activity. Okay. There's a difference. Okay. What, what you have failed in the media have failed to distinguish between you seem unwilling to call um, um, people engaged in criminal conduct as criminals as opposed to lawful protesting.
24: Well, some may argue that the way the federal agents are acting is criminal, yeah, too, and well, we're not saying that.
20: Argue away on that
24: but we're not saying either. So Well,
20: um so so I'm just saying there there needs to be a distinction made between lawful constitutionally protected protest and this. This is unlawful. Okay, so And 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 people whether you're you're an opportunist, an antagonist, an agitator or an anarchist, um Call it out for what it is.
24: So you're saying the late night activity that is criminal.
20: What I'm telling you is, you yes. seem to refuse to call something late night activity. This is criminal.
24: I, I just said the late night activity that you say is criminal, right? That's what
20: I'm saying it. is, why can't you call it out as such?
24: Because I'm not. You're I using late records. night
20: late night activity. It sounds like a party. It's criminal. Look look at the debris. Um, um, we have we haven't had a, a front door since July third. Um, that's criminal. Okay, so.
24: But I, I'm just saying I'm not a police officer. I don't get to distinguish that. That's not no, my job. No, no.
20: But but you can call it out for what it is. You're choosing terms that 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 sort of downplay the criminal activity. And what I'm suggesting is, if there is an honest accounting of of what this is, that helps build. Uh, 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 the reality check for how this can stop. That's my point. J- so just just i got to go wait. in and go um, to work.
15: So I've seen the bags of waste and stuff that have been thrown, yeah. you know, and all the, the stuff that has been lit on fire, the bricks and such. How's the morale yeah, of the officers
20: trying
4: to protect this building?
1: Well,
4: you know,
20: you'll have to speak to the officers who are out here on a nightly basis.
7: It's frustrating for people in law enforcement or people that live there like my family who just go, what are you talking about? The federal police only came there because they were trashing shit. The media has flipped it on its head and said, well, there was nothing going on until they showed up, which is a total lie. New York Times Christoph wants help finding President Trump anarchist in Portland gets it. What about Joe Biden's anarchists? Um, let's read this there's a whole mess of people either demonstrating outside or trying to force their way into federal court out of course most of these media outlets that have sent correspondence of them on the ground during the day when protests are indeed mostly peaceful however credit to the AP for embedding we covered it Uh, New York Times columnist Christoph of Portland Narrative recently invited Rich Grinnell to Portland to show him the whole city in flame narrative only applied to a couple blocks downtown Had a column Wednesday entitled, Help Me Find Trump's Anarchist in Portland. Maybe if he read his own column. John Sexton. So Nick Kristof has a new opinion piece up in the New York Times titled, Help Me Find Trump Anarchist in Portland. 13 paragraphs in, he admits they are there. Okay, I'll fess up. Sure there are anarchists and anti-activists in the Portland protest, just as there are radiologists and electricians, lawyers and mechanics. So an anarchist is the same as a mechanic? Really? Gerald Beyer. Here's Christoph. Help me find Trump anarchists in Portland. Okay, let's from his piece. Sure, there are anarchists and anti-activists in Portland protest, just as there are radiologists and electricians, lawyers, and mechanics. Mission accomplished. No, they're not trying to burn down the federal courthouse, Christoph. Photo caption. Late night protesters shooting off fireworks. Also in the New York Times, federal agents also extinguished a large fire on the street outside the courthouse. Portland police, Oregon declared the gathering outside the federal courthouse's riot and cleared the scene. Then people returned with more fireworks and fire started inside the building where the glass doors have been broken, police said. I mean, the people they're fighting for are these morons. Portland rioter identified from review view his grandmother left of his vest. She bought for him. This is a true story, and it's not, it's still a great story, even if only for the online review by Grandma F. Apparently, she's a female, age 65, and over and wrote that I got this for my grandson, who's a protester downtown. He uses it every night and says it does the job. Fast shipping, great vest. Shock twist. The guy who threw an IED at a Portland courthouse was identified in a review by Grandma who bought this gear. This might be the most embarrassing defeat of Anna yet. Grandma Little Revolutionary retweet. Ian Michael Chong. Apparently the guy who threw an explosive at the federal courthouse in Portland been identified in a review of his vest his grandma bought for him to riot in. You couldn't make this up with a picture. And then they showed him Literally throwing an explosive. You couldn't make this shit up. You just, you just couldn't. These fucking people. Then you have Dana Loesch. All right. Thread, please make sure you're learning from legit trained people. This is the not fucking around, dude. Remember, they shot their own people. The media ignored it. I never heard a call for background checks or anything after this. They tried to report it as white supremacists, then realized they shot themselves and then just dropped it like a fucking bad habit.
23: Let me demonstrate something for y'all. Y'all hold on a second. We're here on the morning mental. I'm going to show you just how stupid some people are. But give me a weapon right here? Yes. This a bullpup. Give the bullpup. It serves me. This is my first weapon that I ever bought. I bought this weapon back in 1990 in Germany. This is an XR-15 shorty. You call it a pup because this bitch got kicked to it. This bitch will knock you the fuck down. The interesting thing about this weapon is if I pull back the bolt, see that? See the bolt? There's no bullet in there. Pay very close attention. If I'm not paying attention and I take this weapon and I bang it, look what just happened. The bolt goes forward. The weapon has fired. I didn't touch the trigger. I just simply banged it on the table. If you sit down and you bang this on the ground, you will blow your head off. It happens in basic training every day. And y'all get a letter and a flag saying your son was killed in a training accident. An old shotgun. If you drop it, it will fire. So don't believe these motherfuckers running around talking about you shouldn't have your hand on the trigger. You don't have to have have your hand on the trigger. Let me show you again. I'm going to sit down. I'm tired. You just committed an incident. Your hand was not on the trigger. Doesn't make a difference whether and it was on safe. Mm-hmm. Unless you understand weapons for real. Don't you listen to these motherfuckers who have no intention of ever picking up one. And who don't understand that weapons go off by themselves all the time.
7: These fucking people are dangerous. They're just fucking dangerous. But the media, no, people storm, storming the Michigan capital are dangerous. Byron, New York. Remember the wall of moms protecting Portland rioters? Fawning press coverage. Cop, cop, copycat wall of mom groups forming across the country. But now, Portland walls of mom falling apart, riven by racial tension. Problem. Wall of Moms are predominantly white. enjoys Press Attention, black-led group who have been in the fight longer, don't get. Resentment Rise, Portland Mom Leader, white Women give up positions to black women. But at the same time, Portland Walla Mom founder White Woman Registers WAM with state of Oregon as a nonprofit group that can receive tax free contributions, makes herself president, doesn't tell black colleagues. Rival black led group, don't shoot Portland attacks. Anti-blackness showed its ugly face with Walla Moms, particularly angry that Walla Moms Incorporated without the knowledge of black leadership Walla Moms was claiming to implement. Remember the saying? Every great cause begins as a movement, becomes a business, and eventually disintegrates into a racket. Well, Walla Moms went from movement stage to business stage in record time a matter of days. Next, racket. Now, at the very moment national media celebrates Walla Moms as a movement spreading across the country, original Walla Moms in Portland is collapsing from its own internal tension. Link, the revolution devours itself in Portland. It's like all rope groups. We got... Colleges today, they're literally giving up, just giving up their positions to fucking let African-Americans take over, even of the president of the college, because that's, that's the way it's going to work. It's all going to work that way. So we're going to play a soundbite from Matt, do a music break, and we'll come in to the media supporting violence, because we have to do that each podcast, because they do, um, Matt sent Anaphometic.
11: This is some pretty good shit. Ooh, medical training. Always stay up on that. It is super important. My drill sergeant says is tingling, but that can only mean one thing. Some idiot with a bag of band-aids and a tourniquet is running around a whole bunch of different protests acting like they know anything medically related. Ah, yeah! I guess it's time to bleed out, baby. Woo! Breathe, 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 breathe. You're good, bro. You're good. Yeah, good, good, good. While having a friendly protest, one of these Antifa guys got hit in the leg with a rubber bullet All of his friends decide to run over and help him out. And the first thing they decide to do with this little bitty teensy-weensy baby brush burn on his leg is slap a tourniquet onto it. Brilliant. That during this whole thing, little lady that's putting on this tourniquet and strapping it down tight at the top of this guy's leg and screaming, she's trying to stop the blood. I don't think that that wound, if we want to call it that, deserves a tourniquet.
1: I know, I know, I know, I know.
11: Boy, he sure is not enjoying that. It would be wrong of me to enjoy it, wouldn't it? Now this guy's screaming and crying I don't want to lose my leg <laughs> Because you idiots decide to put a tourniquet on a brush burn That isn't even bleeding You bunch of LARPers You learn life-saving techniques from Planned Parenthood or something Her training encyclopedia is probably a bunch of Dr. Kevorkian self-help books You look like you learned how to do that from an episode of Doc McStuffins At least you learned from a person of color Or is that cartoon of color? A cock? Picked up some medical tips from Casey Anthony's, I'm a parent and so can all shit instead. looking like you get all your medical supplies from OJ's gloves and stuff. This Mac overreacted more than an old Italian woman with her only son. Oh, bibbidi bobbidi, you need to eat some food, get so mad and upset. It begs the question, what do you do when you see a kid scrape his knee on the playground? Just bought a hacksaw and start sawing that bad boy off? Sorry, little Jimmy, we gotta amputate that shit. Like he's just been wounded in the middle of the battle of Gettysburg! That poor medic probably goes to a dodgeball tournament and just brings a bunch of body bags! I'm sorry, my lady, but when your child was struck in the face with the dodgeball, we did determine he was no more. He hath been smote. He was smited! Smoten! Smited, smoten! When she's talking to the guy, she says, Oh, I got to stop the bleeding.
2: Don't we just don't want you to bleed. We just don't want you to bleed. Okay. You're
11: good. Stop <laughs> her. What? Bleeding! The only thing bleeding is this kid's bleeding heart. And that's not even taken literally, hon. That's a figure of speech. You're better off just sucking the venom out. What venom? He wasn't bit by his neck. Well, he ain't bleeding either. So what's the fucking point of the tourniquet? Where did you do your practicals? The University of Phoenix? I have a guess as to where she's been storing that tourniquet. And it's probably been around her neck. Because God knows there has been no blood flow up to that vital organ in quite some time. People are yelling, breathe, breathe. Breathe, 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 breathe. What is he going into labor? I've seen five-year-olds fall off their bike in the middle of the street and get up with a little bit more action. You know they the saying goes, sticks and stones may break my bones, but rubble bullets need a goddamn tourniquet. Well, after all that commotion, I guess we learned one thing. Keep your eyes on the prize and your hands away from that dude's thighs. I feel like this woman is the Karen of combat medics, just running in and trying to take over a scene, not knowing what the hell she's fucking talking about. Just letting you know. And the Academy Award goes to. Overreactionary anti-fa activist! Oh! West Coast edition, so nice! Oh my goodness, thank you so much. I would thank God, but I am an anarcho-atheist, gender-fluid helicopter. I would thank the Academy, but we all know positions of power are automatically racist. I can only say I wish that the person giving me medical aid wasn't white, but I am blessed to know that she wasn't a man, or identified as one. And finally, I would like to note that my privilege is what saved me. Thank you. Thank you. The dude looks like when your dog tries to sleep like a person on their back with their arms up. Oh, look, he's getting tummy rumps.
25: Welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast
21: with Tony Reed
23: side and Let the man go through, let the man go through, move aside and let the man go through, let the man go
0: through. William Barr is someone who in his speech, Willie, I was reminded of this yesterday, he said that the Revolutionary War was against parliament, not the monarchy. He said that last year in his speech in Notre Dame. That is the way this attorney general views the presidency, and this is a president who he has defended over and over again. And so when he talks about trying to ignore the president's tweets, he's trying to set himself up as someone who is following the rule of law and not being a loyalist. But he also couldn't say definitively, or at least walked around, whether or not a president should accept help from a foreign government in an election and he said that he could be he of course would discuss the presidential re-election as a member of the cabinet there were time and time again where we did see how the relationship was close together
26: the
12: attorney general has now sided with the president of the united states and saying that w- that wholesale mail in voting is susceptible to corruption and i think if anybody watching this this uh, there are a lot of lessons to take a lot of, uh, of headlines out of out of bar's testimony yesterday but the totality of it on this question which is is William Barr the attorney general of the United States in the conduct of this election as we go forward between now and election day and in the crucial period after election day and up until January 20th is the attorney general make, taking pains to to communicate to America and the Congress that he is going to be a neutral player enforcing the rule of law or is he going to be what he has been so far, which is a political actor behaving on behalf of the president? There's no question, if you watched that, that his, his testimony yesterday, that he is happy, perfectly willing, and it is clear that he is w- happy to have us all think the latter, that he's going to be acting as a political agent of the president, not as someone who's <laughs> trying to enforce the integrity of the American election or on the side of the American, the, of, of the American rule of law and the American people.
6: Wolf, let's be honest. The president, in the middle of a deadly pandemic, with 4 million cases, over 150,000 uh, Americans dead, is functioning at the level of a child, and not even a child who's really connected to reality. He uh, retweeted all that nonsense from this kooky person who was, made all these claims about hydroxychloroquine. All the medical experts have debunked uh, the assertions that hydroxychloroquine is some kind of a cure and even as the president is trying, has has uh, been goaded by his aides into uh, trying to strike a more uh, realistic assessment of the situation, he cannot resist repeating uh, his promotion of this uh, uh, completely unproven medication. Um, not to mention the uh, absurd statements like "much of the country is corona free." Uh, we cases uh, are indeed coming down somewhat, or st- uh, the, the rise in cases has been tempered somewhat in some of the hottest spots. But we still have more than 55,000 cases a day, 1,000 people dying a day, and the president's complaining that people don't like him. It is, it's profoundly disturbing that this is the kind of leadership, the country, or lack of leadership that the country is getting from the White House in a crisis of this magnitude. Yeah, it was pretty, yes.
27: The president of the United States who has a constitutional responsibility to protect and defend America's interests at home and abroad is shrugging off the job when it comes to Vladimir Putin. It's been almost five months since according to the New York times, the president was made aware of the allegations and not once has he defended America or demanded answers from the Kremlin. This kind of behavior is part of a pattern with Trump, a pattern of being grotesquely solicitous of Putin. There's there's incompetent and faithless or... He's doing what he wants to deliberately. Are you concerned about Donald Trump's loyalties to, um, you know, the U.S. versus whatever strange loyalty he seems to have to Mr. Putin?
15: Yes, when it matters, Joy, whether it's defending the integrity of our elections or defending the lives of our soldiers, he chooses Vladimir Putin
19: over America.
27: In your mind, is Donald Trump's fixation with Putin about some material gain he thinks he can get from him
19: What was striking to me is the Democrats lost a bit of control. This is their hearing. They're in the majority. But right off the top, the ranking Republican member Jim Jordan had essentially a Trump campaign ad or a Republican campaign ad uh, full of footage of protesters turning into more than protesters and attacking police. And the Democrats had no choice because he got to play it to let it go.
21: Yeah, it was really remarkable. Uh, It was very carefully uh, produced and carefully crafted by Jim Jordan and and the Republicans on this committee in order to to use this as a platform to push the president's campaign uh, strategy and campaign message on law and order. And that's how it started in a very vivid way. And if you kind of go down the line as we've heard from other Republicans, they too are using their question, and I you know, use the, the term question very loosely here uh, and very liberally, be, in order to get the, the Attorney General to say things that can be used in, in other campaign ads, real campaign ads, that can be used uh, to help further the president in his campaign on this notion of law and order. So they're taking advantage of this as much as maybe even more so. The than the- we
7: just, as Americans need to remember these people because we need to listen to what they say and know that they are on the wrong side of fucking history. So as Natalie Portman and Joaquin Phoenix and a bunch, bunch of other Hollywood elites signed a letter, uh, titled, A Letter to Demand Divestment from Police and Investment in Black Communities. So just like in the Jewish world, uh, BDS is a big deal wherever you go. Washington Post colonists, American police designed to uphold white supremacy. I'm not even reading. I'm just reading titles because I'm so sick of these. New York Times shows how racist they are with ludicrous headline trashing the suburbs after Trump scraps fair housing. Trump plays on racist fears of terrorized suburbs to court white voters. Just twisted it the fuck up because they know that's what the left's going to do. You won't get education money for your schools unless you put Section 8 housing in the middle of everything. We covered it believe what they say. And then the the, the theme today is vans. In Portland, it happens, Seattle, New York. They're using underco- undercover vans that aren't marked, and they're going into grabbing some of these leaders. And there's reasons they're doing it. It's not Gestapo or Nazis. And then they're capturing things. And vehicles and the left just doesn't like it. Our first one is Seattle. That's called terrorism, children. Seattle police chief reveals contents of van impounded from weekend riots. I mean, this should come as no shock to anyone following the leftist mayhem engulfing the left coast. Seattle, Portland, California are seeing the riots continue and getting more violent. It's no longer about George Floyd. Um, that's to be like demonstrator. Floyd is. It's about a revolution. These are armed Marxists trying to destroy what they can in order to fulfill whatever warped agenda they want. Federal agents have a right to respond. Federal agents have a lawful obligation to enforce law, and order, and protect federal buildings. The entire country is their jurisdiction. Deal with the liberals. Oh, and it's very rich that they've discovered what they think is federalism when they're told the adults will be coming to clean up the mess. Marina Medivalin. I don't understand why this has been debated. There's literally a federal statute that mandates DHS to pick up buildings. 40 U.S. Code, 1315, Law Enforcement Authority of Security of Homeland Security for Protection of Public Property. See, the left doesn't care about federal laws they don't want to follow. But let you, under a Biden, do a 2A uh, zone, a no-abortion zone. Oh, the fucking goose-steppers will be there. So, the new liberal meltdown is over the deployment of federal dep- agencies in these crime ridden hell holes. In Portland, they're trying to set the federal courthouse afire. Riders are throwing IEDs, and they're blinding them with lasers. In Seattle, Chief Carmen Vest ripped the city council for creating an environment that makes officers vulnerable. Breaking. Seattle PD Chief Carmen Best announces search warrants served on a van impounded from Saturday's riot, yielding an improvised explosive, improvised spike strips, tasers, a bear spray. Chief Best claims items from van were being handed out to crowd. Andy NGO, Seattle Police Chief, says a van at the Antifa Riot was given out items to the mob. A search on the impound vehicle showed it was filled with tasers, bear spray, spikes, blah, blah, blah. A van was abandoned outside Seattle East Precinct, located in former CHAZ, shortly after explosives were thrown at the building, putting a hole in the wall. The van was impounded and found to be stashed with a cache of weapons and supplies. New details, Seattle confiscated the mace and fireworks they believed to use in the last Saturday's protest. Items find a van that were parked outside East Precinct. Ryan Yamamoto, Como News, covers the same thing. Brandi Cruz, Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin, peaceful protests are good for our city and good for the country. But in our city, it's also truth that arson, destruction, and violence have occurred, and they undermine the push and need for systemic racism to be ended.
10: Here's a sound bite of a van filled with improvised explosives, stun guns, and even bear spray at Saturday's Capitol Hill riot is now a key piece of evidence for Seattle police. Detectives are opening a more focused investigation into the people behind the fires, the destruction, and injuries to 59 Seattle police officers. Cairo 7's Gary Horker has more now from the area where the van was found in Gary. Police say the explosives they found were comparable to dynamite.
28: Yeah, they told us that the explosives were actually tied together with duct tape, and some of them had nails attached, obviously, to do maximum amounts of damage. Now, they found all of this evidence in a van that was abandoned outside the East Precinct when police were moving the rioters away. And they said moments after that van pulled up, a powerful explosive blew an 8-inch hole
8: all the way through the wall of that building. Peaceful protesters do not show up with a van full of bear spray, stun guns, spike strips, and explosives.
28: Chief Carmen Best said her detectives found an arsenal of dangerous weapons rioters used to injure police officers and burn down buildings. Left inside an abandoned van were improvised explosives, bear spray, stun guns, and homemade spike strips which were used to flatten tires on officers' bikes. Detectives say the discovery of explosives taped together with nails attached explains a lot about the injuries to 59 Seattle police officers during Saturday's riots. These are caused by these uh, pyrotechnic
6: explosives that they are taping together, taping the fuses together and increasing the amount of explosion Uh, fourfold easily.
28: Arson detectives showed an area where a Molotov cocktail was used to firebomb five construction trailers at the King County Youth Services lot, and the confiscated van was seen nearby handing out weapons and protective gear. Investigators say bear spray is many times more powerful than the pepper spray they use. With a uh, orange type of chemical. And it's a federal offense to use it on people, yet it was sprayed on officers. Mayor Jenny Durkin compared notes with Portland's mayor, and in both cases, rioters appear organized with specialized protective gear and rehearsed
9: actions. But they train and practice on what they call de-arrest, so that if an individual is arrested by the police, a number of people will swarm and try to pull that person away from the police.
10: Gary, we have a lot of protests every year in this city. This is a bit unusual here. Uh, The chief said even after five trailers were burned on county property, uh, cars were smashed, a Starbucks looted, set on fire, and so many police injuries from those explosives, they still haven't arrested anyone in connection with any of those crimes.
28: No, that's right. Both she and the mayor acknowledged that, but this investigation may only be beginning because the obvious question that we asked the chief is, if you have a van that's abandoned, that's loaded with evidence, wouldn't you just check the registration? Wouldn't that lead to obvious suspects? She wouldn't touch that question at all. But clearly, they're just getting started. This is going to take some time. And as they inform us, we'll keep you posted. Dave.
10: All right. Gary Horker tonight. Thanks. Peaceful, peaceful protesters. It's all
7: fucking Peaceful. And if you don't say you're fee- peaceful, you're a racist. Then we have Michelle, something, Michelle Lou, who I don't know. New York City is taking after Portland. A trans femme protester was pulled into an unmarked van at the abolition park protest. This was at Second Avenue and Twenty Fifth Street. Back, back, back. Chris Hayes. Is this KISS kidnapping? Jenny Sherl, this is literally kidnapping. Who are these people? What van is this? Are these official? There's really no way of telling. This is secret police type bullshit. This should absolutely terrify you. Mark D. Levin, this video is not from Portland. This is from New York City. We need answers. He's that city councilman. Tom Winter could also be undercover detectives from Warrant Squad making arrests with probable cause or someone wanted for five specific crimes, wearing visible weapons and vests in a car, immediately surrounded by uniformed police officers with NYPD written on. On the back, NBC News dunking on MSDNC. That was a Tom Winter works for NBC News. And he had to school Chris Hayes. Sam Fox, this, not everything has to be a cause for alarm. It doesn't. Chris Hayes, maybe, seems there are ways to make this arrest that are not this. They weren't surrounded it. They were there with the protests and then came in. They're actual eyewitnesses who were there. Pink news went shit faced over this. All the other gay sites were just up at arms, trans activists. But nobody in the media got up at arms about a Florida man shooting at motherfuckers for not social distancing.
13: Distancing dispute that ended with
7: shots fired inside a Miami Beach hotel. The
2: alleged gunman caught on camera getting cuffed. And tonight we're hearing from one of the witnesses. Local 10's Janine Stanwood is live outside the jail where that suspect remains behind bars. Janine. A social distancing dispute. Isn't that a sign of the times? That suspect is still here at jail. The police say that he threatened a couple of tourists at a Miami Beach hotel. A wild night inside a hotel lobby, bullet holes piercing the floor, a man in a surgical mask on the ground in handcuffs. After police say he fired off a bunch of shots because he claimed people inside weren't following COVID-19 rules. Police say the shooter is this man, Douglas Marks of Miami. Witnesses say he confronted a woman and her son inside the lobby of the Crystal Beach Suites at 69th and Collins. You aren't social distancing, he reportedly said. Then you all need to leave before grabbing a gun and shooting.
24: Because he shoot shooting the girl and the kid.
2: This witness, who didn't want to show his face, says he shielded mom and son. How many shots do you think?
24: Like six.
2: And says he's grateful.
24: Well, I'm a lucky person.
2: That he wasn't struck and no one else was either. And so Marks is still here behind bars. He faces a whole slew of charges, including aggravated assault with a firearm. We're in West Miami Dade. I'm Janine Stanwood, Local 10 News. Just-
7: as sure as I'm a bald, fat man. If somebody shot at a motherfucker because they called them out for not having a mask, that would have be been national goddamn news. And we have spent four years of violent rhetoric jerkathon, And we have mayors, we have fucking pundits on TV, we have governors. Get stern. Yell at people. Yahoo News, it's okay to yell at people for not wearing masks. Where is their accountability? Anybody? And then I could play a violent reel, but I'm not going to. I don't want to be accused of violence porn. But I will read why this is still happening. These are the people we're talking about. And there's no better person than Alyssa Milano. A permanent woke fruitcake who never takes a day off. And if we paid reparations and white people were slaves and she was a slave, she would still come up with causes to tweet about because that's her life. That's all she's about. Permanent outrage. I'm not making any of this up. This is her fucking screed. I've got a lot of words tonight. Care if I vent... You know what? Fuck this. We're going to put violin music behind this. Because it's just too fucking good. Got a lot of words tonight. Care if I vent? First of all, whoever voted for Trump in 2016 and hasn't seen the light in the last four years, is a complete mystery to me. He's horrible, and every day is a new low. It's not too late to do what's right. Really? MLB can't play baseball with all the money and exclusivity and testing in the country, and you want me to send my kids to school? She went one, two, three. She went one, first, two, and then C. I should you not. Feel. I feel so bad for the older generation. They fought their entire lives just chilling and enjoying their grandkids and drink mimosas. And this happens? A botched pandemic response that leaves them vulnerable and alone. And don't even get me started with how fucked our priorities are in the country. We've got secret armed police and full-on tactical gear But we don't have enough PPE for our frontline healthcare workers. I mean, what is the actual fuck is wrong with us? No talk about Cuomo tossing people back and stuff and that we do have PPE, but you know, whatever the fuck. We got a president who's so orange and horrible that he doesn't care. Who knows? He's orange and horrible. Actually, his horrible is a strategy. It's a campaign strategy. So is the orange. And what world are we living in? And my heart aches for all our kids. Will probably wipe down groceries and wear gloves to go get the mail when they are grown up. All the athletes and artists and thinkers can't nurture. And the social development we won't develop because they are just home. And everything is fucked. So fucked that a sleeping woman could be shot and killed. And the people who killed her aren't arrested. Black Lives Matter still, you racist assholes. And babies can't be locked in cages and we don't break them out and demand they're reunited with their mamas. That's how fucked this is. We are just like, don't look away, retweet me never talked about it with Obama. And babies can be locked in cages and we don't break. Oh, she did it again. Uh, we live in the world where Joe Rogan podcast says triple the listeners is mine. Dear God! Oh, because maybe he's not an idiot. I listened to yours. It's painful. And we have to publicly protect, profess our support of other women by posting black and white uh, selfies on IG when even the idea suggests that women don't support each other and begin with we don't support each other, we just don't want men to know that we do Donald Trump is a roost, hello what is going to do between the time he loses and Biden is sworn in he will still be in power we are still fucked. 150,000 Americans lost, 10 million jobs lost and he's banging about a the test that my 5 year old business uh, it's still going Speaking of my five-year-old, my daughter said to me, parents last weekend during a socially distanced visit, I'm sorry, I lose my words, but I don't get to talk to a lot of people. I can't stop eating carbs also, Cheez-Its, also everything. I don't know what we're going to do about school, and it starts in three weeks. And my hair is so gray, and I spray... Painted it with brown shit every day, every single day. i miss wandering around a bookstore and having date nights with my husband. I don't remember the last time I shaved my legs. Actually, I do. It was my cousin's wedding in March. So, you went to a wedding in March? And the collective pain, oh my God, this global pain, the loss and uncertainty and heartache and dreams destroyed by this administration. And even with all this going on, people still find the time to call me horrible things on social media. I think I'm done vending now. Nope, wait. One more thing. Check your voter registration. Request your absentee ballot. Make sure your friends are registered because we've got a country to take back and fight for. And the only way to win is here and move forward Is that we make it Biden. I feel better. How are you doing? What the fuck, man? What the fuck? Sure, have I been upset? Yeah! Watching the country go fucking upside down, get all fucked up? Yeah, this has been fucked up. Totally fucked up. But... I can understand getting upset about people dying, getting murdered in the streets, all that stuff. That makes sense to me. But I, I don't understand... How you could be like that. And that's what this whole group is. He's so orange. When you go to that, my God, that's some childish shit. Sure, when I was asked about Obama, what don't you like about him? He's too blue. I had to say stuff like that because I was a white man. And my car was surrounded by hoods in Georgia because I had a no Obama sticker. And they wanted to know why I had it. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning of people thinking that you can't have an opposing view. You must bow to the dear leader. And we, we had eight years of that. And then these people literally have the gall to continually talk about how Trump supporters and voters are uh, part of a cult. You guys live in a cult. It's a cult of inter- in- intersectionality. It's a fucking
17: religion. And how do I know? This tech bar hearing. Jesus fucking Christ. I'll just cut to the chase. Big tech's out to get conservatives. That's not a suspicion. That's not a hunch. That's a fact. July 20th, 2020, Google removes the homepages of Breitbart and the Daily Caller. Just last night, we learned Google has censored Breitbart so much, traffic has declined 99%. June 16th, 2020, Google threatens to demonetize and ban the Federalists. April 19th, 2020, Google and YouTube announce a policy censoring the content that conflicts with recommendations of the World Health Organization. Now think about that. The World Health Organization, the organization that lied to us, the organization that shielded for China. And if you contradict something they say, they can say whatever they want. They can lie for China. They can shield for China. You say something against them, you get censored. June 29, 2020, Amazon bans President Trump's account on Twitch. After he raises concerns about defunding the police. June 4th, 2020, Amazon bans a book critical of the coronavirus lockdowns written by a conservative commentator. May 27th, 2020, Amazon smile won't let you give to the Family Research Council and the Alliance Defense Fund, but you can give to Planned Parenthood. Facebook, June 19th, 2020, takes down posts from President Trump's reelection campaign. November 1st, 2018, Facebook silences a pro-life organization's advertisement. May 19, 2016, Facebook, former Facebook employees admit Facebook routinely suppresses conservative views. And I haven't even mentioned Twitter, who we actually invited, Mr. Chairman. We asked for you guys to invite him as one of our witnesses. You guys said, no, I haven't even mentioned them. Two years ago, they shadow banned two members of this committee Four members of Congress were shadow banned two years ago, 435 in the House, 100 in the Senate, 535. Only four, only four, Gates, Meadows, Nunes, Jordan, only four get shadow banned. And, of course, what did Mr. Dorsey tell us? He said, oh, it was just a glitch in our algorithm. Just a gl- I asked him, what did you put in the algorithm? The name's Gates, Meadows, Nunes, Jordan? I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I heard it, it was just a glitch... I wouldn't be as wealthy as our witnesses, but I'd be doing all right. We've heard that excuse time and time again. May 28th, Twitter censors President Trump's tweet on the riots in Minneapolis. May 29th, 2020, Twitter censors White House, the White House for quoting the President's comments about the riots in Minneapolis. June 23rd, 2020, Twitter censors the President again for saying he'll enforce the rule of law against any autonomous zone in Washington, D.C. You can tweet all you want about the autonomous zone that happened in Seattle. But the president tweets that he's not going to have one in Washington, D.C. Uh oh, 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 nope, you can't do that. You get banned, you get censored. Dozens of examples. Oh, I forgot one. I forgot one. Just last week, July 21st. July 21st. Here's what Twitter did. The leader of Iran, the Islamic Republic of Iran, this is this is this is from the largest state sponsor of terrorism. Twitter allows this tweet: quote, the Islamic Republic of Iran will never forget the martyrdom of Soleimani and will definitely strike a reciprocal blow in the United States. So you can threaten the citizens of this great country, the leader of the largest state sponsor of terrorism, that's just fine. But, oh, the president says he's not going to allow some autonomous zone in D.C., and he gets he gets censored. All kinds of examples. Most of them from this year, and that's what's, that's what's I think, critical for us all to understand. Most of them from this year an election year. And that's what concerns me and so many Americans because we saw what Google did in 2016. We all know about the email the day after the election where top executives at Google email chain where they talked about the silent donation Google made to the Clinton campaign. Now thank goodness it wasn't enough and in spite of their efforts to help Clinton, President Trump won. But we're 97 days before an election. And the power, as the previous chairman and ranking member have said, the power these companies have to impact what happens during an election, what people, what American citizens get to see prior to their voting, is pretty darn important. That's why this committee hearing is important. Look, we, we all think the free market's great. We think competition's great. We love the fact that these are American companies. But what's not great is censoring people, censoring conservatives, and trying to impact elections. And if it doesn't end, there has to be consequences. There have to be consequences. That's what I'm concerned about, and I think what so many Americans are concerned about. So I look forward to hearing from our witnesses, Mr. Chairman. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time. I lump these
7: together because the bar and the tech, I mean, it's it's a fucking same shit. I used to have a soundbite, Kabuki Theater, which is pretty fucking racist. But it was true because that's all this is. We have projection detected. Dem representative said disrespectful bar spoke over the top of committee, and he lives in a bubble. You had um, Madeline Dean. You saw this effect yesterday. was disrespectful, spoke over top of every one of us, particularly spoke over women. But then you go to like Mediaite, which is Dan Abrams' super liberal site, House Tech hearing derails right out of the gate as Democrats shout down Jim Jordan, block Representative Johnson from fucking participating. Democrats refuse to let Barr speak because they know he's right or stories that came out because it just went to shit. So I'm going to play the Dems and a Barr supercut of him trying to speak. And I think it goes well together because the Dems are saying, oh, God, he was so rude and he did this and Jesus Christ, it was so unprofessional. Then the tech briefing, they didn't even want to have a briefing. And, well, I'll talk about it on the other side because anybody who doesn't think social media is biased,
9: you are on crack. What are we going to do? We're going to comb through his entire statement, find the mistruths and the falsehoods and hold him accountable.
18: What does holding him accountable look like, though? Are there any actual
9: consequences? Uh, We have many options for consequences. What I want people to know is we actually have to hold him accountable to the American people. You saw his affect yesterday. He was disrespectful, spoke over top of every one of us. In particular, he spoke over women. Uh, He was flanked by at least 10 staffers, not a person of color among them, truths and the falsehoods, and hold him accountable what is holding him accountable
18: look like though are there any actual consequences
9: Uh, there we have many options for consequences what i want people to know is we actually have to hold him accountable to the american people you saw his affect yesterday he was disrespectful spoke over top of every one of us in particular he spoke over women uh he was flanked by at least 10 staffers not a person of color among them And he couldn't identify that we have systemic racism in this country. Maybe that's because he's living in a bubble. I I just have to tell you, it was so disrespectful. uh, The way he approached Congress, the way he approached our committee, his willingness to say one thing and in a single statement flip his own answer. He did that with me. When I said, uh, do you believe it's ever appropriate to use pepper balls against protesters, he said, no. And then he wanted to flip back, and he said, "Well, wait a second. Well, rioters? Yes. He could not keep a straight answer.
6: Isn't that correct? No. No. What is correct is that well, or, I mean, or, I, what is corrected on February 10th, Monday. No, no, I no, gave instructions as to what the.
29: Reclaiming my time.
6: Yeah. I'm answering your question. So you
29: got to let him re, answer.
26: Reclaiming my time. On February 10th, yes, sir. On February I, 10th, I'm I directed.
29: Reclaiming my time, sir. Reclaiming my time, and I know you don't want to answer.
16: You are wrong, Mr. Attorney no, no, That was—he's found he the investigation found had been no initiated evi- properly. He said he found. Uh, reclaiming no my time without political bias. He said he and found enough evidence. Reclaiming my time. That's reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time
6: without without any remedy at all. I'm reclaiming my time. When, when people resist Please. law enforcement, they're not peaceful.
9: Reclaiming my time. I'm surprised at your lack of respect.
17: For- Gentleman does not have time. I don't want the time. I just want, I want the I Attorney General to be able to have enough time to respond to accusations and questions, ask him, and you guys not cut him off.
5: What you want is irrelevant. Uh, do you have anything you want to say in response to the speeches that have been given by the other side and, and then you've been cut off? Yeah, well, let's, on Lafayette,
6: on Lafayette.
25: The gentleman's time has expired.
6: Tell me the name of the cases. I don't have the name of the cases. Where where were Carolina and uh, Alabama. You'll have a chance to comment after your testimony is done here today. That it is not a self-defining
17: term as they recognize. Only got
6: two minutes, sir. That they recognized, Mr. Barr, if I Yeah, but this is a hearing.
17: I thought I was the one that was supposed to be heard. Well, let me, and I'm going to get there. And before I yield back, Mr. Chairman, we have a colleague. I would ask unanimous consent that uh, Mr. Johnson, the ranking member of the Constitution subcommittee be allowed to participate in today's hearing, which is our customary practice for subcommittee hearings. The gentleman
16: makes a unanimous consent request. Mr. Chairman, I would object.
17: Objection is heard. And now I have the
16: Mr. pleasure Chairman, of introducing today's why are, we,
17: why are we not allowing? It is customary. Mr. Jordan,
16: there was a unanimous consent request. Objection was heard. And now we'll introduce our witnesses. This has never happened. It is in now history. my pleasure this to never introduce in today's witnesses. Our first witness is Jeff Bezos, the chief executive officer. M- Mr. Jordan, I have the time. But this is the ranking. Our first numbers, the witness, cons- we're talking
17: about people's liberties here. We have Mr. the ranking. Mr. Jordan,
16: number. you made a unanimous consent request. Objection was heard. Those are our rules. Objection was It is now my pleasure by the, to introduce today's witnesses. By the Mr. Our first the witness professor. is Jeff Bezos, the chief Put executive officer on. of amazon.com. Mr. Bezos founded Amazon in 19 19- Excuse me. I'm going to remind members of this committee, unless you are speaking, our rules require you to wear a mask according to the attending physician. No, I'm speaking about another member of this committee. I'll begin again. It is now my pleasure to introduce today's witnesses.
6: Isn't that correct? No, no what is correct is that, well, I mean, or, or, what is that on February 10th, Monday, no, no, I
19: gave instructions no, 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 as to
29: what the... Yeah, I'm answering
19: time. your question. Well, you got to uh, let him re- answer.
29: Reclaiming my time on February 10th, no, sir. On February uh, I'm 10th, I direct Reclaiming it. my time, sir reclaiming my time and i know you don't want to answer
16: you are wrong mr chunao no, that said, was he's found he the investigation found had been no initiated
5: evi- properly he said
16: he found reclaiming no my time without political bias he said he and found in April, evidence reclaiming my time That's reclaiming my time That's reclaiming my
6: time reclaiming my time without any remedy at all i'm reclaiming my time Please. when when people resist Please. law enforcement they're not peaceful
9: reclaiming my time i'm surprised at your lack of respect
17: for- Gentleman does not have time I don't want the time. I just want, I want the Attorney General to be able to have enough time to respond to accusations and questions, ask him, and you guys not cut him off.
5: What you want is irrelevant. Uh, do you have anything you want to say in response to the speeches that have been given by the other side and, and then you've been cut off? Yeah, well,
6: let's, on Lafayette, on Lafayette.
25: The gentleman's time has expired.
6: Tell me the name of the cases. I don't have the name of the cases. Case where where South, were they? Carolina and uh, Alabama. You'll have a chance to comment after your testimony is done here today. That it is not a self-defining term. As they have only rec- got two minutes, sir. That they recognized, Mr. Barr, if I Yeah, but ask. this is a hearing. I thought I was the one that was supposed to be heard.
17: Well, let me, and I'm going to get there.
7: It's a concerted effort to, or, to control the narrative. And anybody who doesn't think that, you're you're stupid. You really are. They've said it. The Google releases, the private videos. I mean, I have stories and stories, but it's just a stupid conversation because it's never going to change. Ken Buck, do Chinese concentration camps match Google values? Because they got proof that Nike, all of them, uh, there's a concentration camps. Even the NBA is getting stuck now that they're fucking literally locking people in buildings to play basketball. GOP rep unmasked big tech CEOs who claim proud to be American. They're not. They fucking hate this place. New York Times Politics. Attorney General William Barr is a contentious congressional hearing on Tuesday defended President Trump and Justice Department on a variety of matters. Here's a fact check. And it was all bullshit. Prieb Shakar. Facts are racist. Sep Averson. Alert. Mike Pompeo just testified under oath that Barr will decide if Trump, despite having no constitutional authority to do so, could announce he's moving the election. Steve Schmidt, we're following you. The Lincoln Project is issuing a blanket endorsement of one of the nuttiest conspiracy mongers on the internet. I think we're done here. Because that was tied into this. Not April Fool's Day. Uh, AP brands itself as advancing the power of facts. But they don't. Washington Post, Michelle Obama promoter is new editor for diversity and inclusion. She's a super lib. I'm so excited to get to work A diverse staff. Makes our reporting better. We're better when we have more perspective and we can cover communities as deeply and widely as possible. And she's a super fucking racist. She's Barack, Barack Obama's wife. Michelle Obama's fucking person. They're all fucking racist. That's our media. So you hear it and it's just, this is how they covered both.
17: I want to thank you for defending law enforcement. For pointing out what a crazy idea this defund the police uh, policy, whatever you want to call it is, and standing up for the rule of law. And frankly, we have a video we want to show that gets right to this point. Can we play that video, please?
12: Clear in how I characterize this. This is
4: mostly a protest. It is not. It is not, generally speaking,
2: unruly. Peaceful protest.
10: Peaceful protesters. Peaceful protest. 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 Peaceful
3: protest. Peaceful protest. Peaceful protest.
10: Peaceful protest.
3: Peaceful protest.
10: Peaceful protest. Peaceful
3: protest. Peaceful protest.
18: ranking Republican Jim Jordan showed a graphic, selectively edited, nearly eight-minute montage of protests from around the country, which he claimed were anything but peaceful, including sound bites from Democrats Biden and Obama. Uh, Clearly, uh, very political and highly edited. For Jim Jordan, the ranking Republican, to present that video when the committee rules are that there should be 48 hours of warning, and the selective editing of that video with with correspondence, uh, former Vice President Biden President Obama, Susan Rice and others all talking about peaceful protest out of context and then showing the most violent viral video that anyone has seen all in one 7 minute 44 second spurt was pretty extraordinary. First of all, There were righteous, peaceful protesters who were protesting not only the actual killing of George Floyd, but what he also symbolizes, the number of unarmed black men and women, boys and girls in this country, who've been killed at the hands of law enforcement officers. They are protesting peacefully with that respect. Now, what they tried to do instead is to take those people who have hijacked that otherwise righteous and peaceful message, those who have tried to loot and vandalize and destroy and commit arsonists in the form of self-gain, trying to acquire whatever material good that they wanted that day. They're trying to conflate these two as if they are ideological twins. is absurd. And finally, what I think I found most disturbing was in his opening statement in particular, which he was called on a number of times today, Brianna, was this idea of trying to use black-on-black crime statistics as some way to justify people turning away from the movement towards social justice accountability for police officers who often stand unprosecuted in these sort of cases and said to point out which was baffling to me, um, to use statistics that actually showed just how close, the um, how the proportionality impact of black and white Americans in this country at the hands of police officers somehow justified us turning a blind eye towards it, or the impression that people cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. Remember, the idea, the absence of diversity, the lack of inclusion is not coincidental in America. It never has been coincidental. It's not as if there should be these great epiphanies of oh were there qualified people in positions of attorneys who were in the Justice Department who could rightly advise and assist the Attorney General of the United States oh art do you exist my colleagues are in fact there and the idea
25: and there certainly was enough rage to go around but did anybody come out on top joy do you think Oh, I thought the Democrats did a good job. Uh, Yes, you're right, they didn't let him answer a lot of the questions because what he does is he just talks and talks and talks and uses up the time and never really answers the questions. So they were trying to preempt that. I think that's what they were doing. But uh, to me, you know, I've been saying for three years now that the major sin that Trump has committed is the lying. The lying, the lying, and more lying. And also, you know, saying that the press is fake news. All of that is very egregious. And it's right out of an autocrat's playbook to tell people that what they see is not the truth. Believe me or believe your eyes. And Trump uh, has that. And now I notice that Barr is uh, uh, also a liar, just like his boss. For example, just as one example... He said that he does not read Trump's tweets. Now, that is a blatant lie. It's a blatant Mm. lie. Uh, Around February, he said, um, Barr told ABC News that he wants Trump to stop tweeting and that the president's comments make it impossible to do his job. Well, if he doesn't read them, why is he so bent out of shape? And he's just lying. And so, um, you know, there were other things that went on yesterday. But to me, that is the major problem with this administration. They are liars. Now
9: to Attorney General William Barr, who is expected to have a confrontational appearance this morning when he testifies before the House Judiciary Committee for the first time as a member of the Trump administration. According to the opening statement released yesterday, Barr plans to defend the use of militarized federal police to quell protesters in Portland, saying, What unfolds nightly around the courthouse cannot reasonably be called a protest. It is by any objective measure an assault on the government of the United States. He will also tell the committee that the president has not intervened in Justice Department cases, even though Barr has filed motions that benefited the president's allies in their criminal cases. Well, Kurt points out the problem,
2: Willie, which is that this attorney general has escaped anything that approaches congressional oversight for so long that there's a multiplicity of really important questions and what we don't know here is whether democrats will have devised a strategy that will help bring focus to the issue hope is that congress today will focus on those credibility questions on whether this attorney general has so politicized the department that he's in effect acting as the president's wingman, not as the people's lawyer. It'll
12: be interesting because you won't hear a lot from Republicans about the events going on right now, about the abuses of power, the firing of inspectors general, the firing of U.S. attorneys, the role that Barr played directly in, in, in what we saw unfold. Uh, at Lafayette Square just a few few months ago. Uh you're going to see Republicans talk a lot about Robert Mueller and conspiracy theories and text messages between agents and everything they can do mm-hmm. to try to protect Donald Trump. Protect the idea that nothing happened in 2016 as far as Russian interference. Uh, in a lot of ways, they're going to be doing Russia's job for them on national TV in the United States Congress, repeating this propaganda, repeating the idea that Trump did nothing wrong, that there was no at all communication with, the, with Russians during the campaign.
4: At a heated congressional hearing today, Attorney General William Barr defended the actions of federal agents in Portland, and he said he isn't doing anything to help President Trump's friends or punish his enemies. Here's Pete Williams. Barr says federal agents are in
12: Portland to defend the U.S. courthouse from extremists who hijack peaceful protests. But during his first appearance before the House Judiciary Committee since becoming Attorney General, Democrats
5: said the federal deployments are intended to give the president footage for campaign ads. You are projecting fear and violence nationwide in pursuit of obvious political objectives. Shame on you, Mr. Barr.
10: And Pierre Thomas with us now. Pierre, I know there was another moment today that made news. Attorney General Barr uh, had paid his respects to the late Representative John Lewis. And then later, Congressman Cedric Richmond had this to say.
23: The one thing that you have in common with your two predecessors, both Attorney General Sessions and Attorney General Whitaker, is that when you all came here and brought your top staff, you brought no black people. That, sir, is systematic racism. That is exactly what John Lewis spent his life uh, fighting, and so I would just suggest uh, that actions speak louder than words, and you should, really should keep the name of the Honorable John Lewis out of the Department of Justice's uh, mouth.
10: Pierre, did the Attorney General respond to the Louisiana Congressman? David, it was dra- dramatic, but he chose not to respond to Richmond's comments.
22: And they questioned his motives.
5: The President wants footage for his campaign ads, and you appear to be serving it up to him as ordered. In most of these cities, the protests had begun to wind down before you marched in and confronted the
6: protesters. We are at the courthouse defending the courthouse. We're not out looking for trouble.
3: Navy veteran Christopher David would tell a different story. He was protesting unarmed and was attacked.
9: The
10: inspector general
9: reviewing that particular incident.
3: Well, do you
16: think he deserved to get pepper sprayed and beaten to the point of broken bones? As I say, the
6: inspector general is going to review the incident
16: there there's just
7: the odds of objective news being on the left all the time are impossible the left can't always be right but that's all our media does so that's the tech part i don't even want to cover it it hurts my spleen so as a go out, i'm going to play jim jordan again cuz i think his screen is spot on and it, it's a facts it's it's factually true it's all true it's what social media is is what our media is it is all one-sided kabuki theater when you can walk around and say violence is now fucking okay, and that it's okay to just censor only one side of the political spectrum, don't talk to me about freedom of speech and all that bullshit. And then we'll come in to our woke section. Go play a song, though. I'm playing music that much lately.
17: I don't know what I'm gonna play, but I'll play something. Um, I'll just cut to the chase. Big tech's out to get conservatives. That's not a suspicion. That's not a hunch. That's a fact. July 20th, 2020, Google removes the home pages of Breitbart and the Daily Caller. Just last night, we learned Google has censored Breitbart so much, traffic has declined 99%. June 16th, 2020, Google threatens to demonetize and ban the Federalists. April 19th, 2020, Google and YouTube announce a policy censoring the content that conflicts with recommendations of the World Health Organization. Now think about that. The World Health Organization, the organization that lied to us, the organization that chilled for China and if you contradict something they say they can say whatever they want they can lie for china they can chill for china you say something against them you get censored june 29 2020 amazon bans president trump's account on twitch after he raises concerns about defunding the police june 4 2020 amazon bans a book critical of the coronavirus lockdowns written by a conservative commentator may 27 2020 Amazon Smile won't let you give to the Family Research Council and the Alliance Defense Fund, but you can give to Planned Parenthood.
0: at the Media Bubble, one podcast at a time. Here's Tony Reid! Come fly with me,
11: let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me, let's fly, let's
1: fly away. Turn it up, turn it on, rock
22: Let's get a walk. He really did believe that there was a there is a threat that always remains, that we could take steps backward and that you have to be vigilant, not just on the issues of racial equality, but on all issues of justice and fairness in this country. Uh, he took a stand on the issue of immigration in the Capitol uh, in his final years. Uh, As Suzanne pointed out, gun control was a major issue for him, and voting. I think this year of all years, uh, voting is going to be such a crucial issue, and you see his friends and his mentors and the people who are carrying his torch on Capitol Hill taking that on because they know how important that was to John Lewis and how John Lewis very much saw... uh, real problems on the horizon as he looked forward into a time uh, that, you know, he wouldn't be with us in this moment. But he was saying to us effectively, uh, this is the crux of our democracy. This is what we fought for.
21: He he was a big advocate uh, of the Brady Bill uh, early on. He uh, is also somebody who, before it was when it was very, very unpopular uh, in politics, even in Democratic politics, to be for uh, gay rights, he was. And he would say that he uh, didn't fight for equality just for African-Americans and later for women, but for everybody, and that included people who, from his perspective, should be allowed to love who they want to love. He went against his fellow Democrat in the White House at the time, uh Bill Clinton, who supported the defense who signed the Defense of Marriage Act, um, he opposed the 1994 Crime Bill, which, through the lens of today, he was asked most Democrats, including the guy who signed it, Bill Clinton, that was a huge mistake. So he was the conscience of Congress.
7: So that is CNN. Uh, the only way to honor Lewis is to go full lip. The conscience of the Senate. He was a race hustler I'm not saying what he went through wasn't bad and I'm not being a racist I'm just saying he was a race hustler he only had politics in mind all his racial talk only happened when Democrats weren't in power you didn't hear him talk about this shit during Obama did you no you didn't so then we have a quick COVID, because I'm getting sick of COVID. The Hill. Iowa teachers write and send their own obituaries to governor ahead of fall reopening. Iowa teachers are sending mock obituaries to Governor Kimberly Reynolds, a Republican, and hopes she will consider her school plan for the fall. ABC News report Thursday, the movement started after art teacher Jeremy Dumkriegler, who helped start the Facebook group Iowa Educators for a Safe Return to School, shared a self-authored obituary in an op-ed for the local news blog Iowa Starting Line. In the July 16th post, Kringer called on other teachers to write their obituaries to demand Governor Reynolds declare a statewide school mask mandate. If we do not require this mask mandate, we risk the chance of driving our teachers and our schools in the ground literally. And now more than ever, the replies to all of this are this. States should offer a fast track to a teaching certification for anyone with a degree in a certain subject area they're willing to work. Plenty of people need jobs. End this theater. Once again, we say it every podcast, it was okay for all the rest of these motherfuckers to go out and do work during the COVID and stock your shelves, but now, oh, we're all going to die? Shut up. So our COVID soundbite, ABC, uh, not enough POC on the task force, because that's important. And then O'Donnell, Trump only cares about people dying of COVID that are his voters. Yeah. They're, they're running out of shit to say. And then we're going straight into everything is fucking racist.
11: It's showing up uh, very strongly in our data on the
6: African-American community. And we're doing everything in our power to address this challenge. It's a tremendous uh, challenge. It's terrible.
8: It should not have been surprising. Historically, we do know that minority populations, low-income populations are at increased risk for exposure during a pandemic. We saw it with Hurricane Katrina. We saw it with H1N1. We published it in 2009 and targeted tailored interventions to reach the most vulnerable. You don't stigmatize these populations. You enable them to follow the recommendations of staying home.
6: My administration's closely monitoring the data on the virus's impact on our
15: cherished African-American communities. The president said he was concerned about this. His task force said they were concerned about this. Uh, But I can never get the sense that there was any significant action plan.
21: Well, the whole thing, from the federal point
9: of view, has been failure to take responsibility.
15: We put out a civil rights bulletin to make sure that the resources that we delivered to those impacted by COVID-19 was done in a fair uh, way. I think we're pretty proactive.
8: The role of the federal government in this pandemic uh, is very, very clear who's missing leadership that mirrors the diversity of the United States population. When you see that, then we'll probably see different outcomes.
26: I don't think we've made enough progress
7: in dealing with disparities in health in order for African-Americans, Hispanics, and Native Americans to respond to any kind of challenge
10: to the health, like a pandemic.
8: There's deaths could have been prevented and that's the most troubling part
10: president trump just moments ago saying it is time for the next front in this war it is time to open up america again april 16
12: dr Fauci, stand in the white house briefing room and say here's the plan
15: for reopening you go into phase one if you get no rebound then you go to phase two if you have no rebound you go into phase three.
17: The next day, the president's tweeting people to ignore his own expert's
26: plan. Are you more concerned about the economy? It should be the
13: people first, at all costs. African Americans are a core part of the central workforce. I think if the data show that high-income whites were contracting the virus at a higher rate, we'd be looking at a different response from government officials across the country.
4: The Trump campaign made a desperate campaign trip to North Carolina today, where polls show Joe Biden seven points ahead of Donald Trump in a state that Donald Trump won by four points in 2016. Taxpayers paid for the Trump campaign event, as they have been lately, because the White House disguised this one as a presidential trip to a factory with a government contract to work on developing a coronavirus vaccine.
5: This is, look, the president is obsessed by one and only one thing it appears, and that's reelection. And if the coronavirus threatens reelection, that's all that counts. And we can see it now that he's got only one strategy left, which is we're gonna get a vaccine before election day. I predicted this two months ago in an op-ed in the New York Times that the October surprise is gonna be approval of a vaccine. But uh, Lawrence, we should remember having a vaccine and the average American like you and I getting a shot, those are two different. Everything
1: is racist. Everything is racist according to...
28: On the right, have acknowledged that he inherited from the previous administration. Well, that's fake news. Well, well, we're we're not doing that. that. We're not not, not,
29: not doing that. If you look at the unemployment among African-Americans during his years and during Obama years, clearly it was much better. If you look at opportunity zone districts, if you look at support and financial support to historical colleges, clearly it's better off under his administration than the previous administration. So, yeah, I don't want to get in caught into the politics just because I'm a Democrat. If my party feels though, I I, 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 I like to
28: I like to traffic in facts, and and much of what you just said is patently false. But I I do want to. This is no, no, Representative Jones. This is my show. I'll ask questions. Give me a second. Well, you had me
29: on your show, so I know, let but me I, but Don't no, cut me off when I'm, not, I'm giving an
28: answer. I'm not cutting you off, but I do want to... Are, are you a paid campaign surrogate? Are you being compensated Never by received, the-
29: Let me be clear. You get paid to shape a liberal narrative. You get paid to attack this president. It's I don't a get a dime for this president. I don't get a dime from the campaign. Everything an I've answer. done is in me and based on my principles. And see, that's the problem. When an African-American that's Sir, elected... I, I or did Republican. not raise your... Let me races. finish now. Let me no, finish. No, wait, Let me no, finish. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not going you to imply that I asked that question because you're black. The left. So don't ask me that. You only ask me that because I don't fit your narrative. What, no, this what, president what is- never offered anything. I don't want anything from this president. It's what I can do for my country. And you need to accept that many other African-Americans and others support this president because of his policies. And to insult me to say, am I getting paid?
28: I have asked that the same question.
29: I have asked that the same long. question. And that's representing MSNBC and their narrative to keep blacks silent who happen to support this president. Right. Why can't I be like white liberals or otherwise? Nobody State questioned they're getting paid. State so I have to get paid. Do you ask Democrats or they I, get I paid? just said, I just because said, if you're. I
28: just asked, I just said,
29: if to you asked I, any I, Have I, you I, that they've been paid by Joe Biden? State Representative Vernon
28: Jones. Representative Jones, thank you. Do come back and open
29: invitation.
28: That's a Democrat. And you see the, the reality of
7: numbers. Only work if you can make it work for the Democrats. And that guy, who's a gay black man, just wasn't going to let him speak. Because truth and facts, they don't mean shit. Agenda, baby. It's all about agenda. AP Stylebook is still getting shit for their more complicated choice of no longer doing capital white AP Stylebook, the AP decision to continue lowercasing the term white in racial ethnic and cultural senses are more complicated than last month's decision to capitalize black we're hearing many reasons to capitalize black arguments include people who are black have strong historical and cultural commonalities, a difference of course in many places that includes a share of experience of discrimination due solely to skin color, see how they clean that up saying all black people the same we found at the time less support for capitalizing white no clearly acceptable argument as why to do so white people generally do not share a similar history and culture of their experience of being discriminated against because of skin color we also consider common usage while the capitalized black has been rapidly adopted the same is not true for white we will closely watch how usage and thought evolves replies Running about people differently based on skin color is complicated gp your decision is racist you're treating, or AP, sorry, uh, you're treating people differently based on color of the skin. Very curious as a demographic of these decision makers. They're probably white people. It's probably a good, not a good discuss- discussion to have on Twitter. But the Washington Pokes breaks from the AP style book will continue to capitalize white. Rachel Lee Siegel. Starting now, the Washington Post will uppercase the B in black to identify the many groups that make up African diaspora in America and elsewhere. The Post will also use other racial and ethnic identifiers as follows. American Indian, Native American, Alaskan na- Native, a person of origins and any other origin, North America, including South Africa. Asian American, Hispanic Latino, Latinx, Indigenous or Aborigine, Native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islanders. The use of black as recognition and acknowledgement not only of cultural bonds and historical experience shared by people of African heritage, but also the shared struggle of descendants of enslaved people, families who immediately immigrated generations ago, and more recent immigrants. The Washington Post will also capitalize the W in white, saying that white is a distinctive cultural identity in the United States and is a collective group that has had its own cultural and historic impact on the nation. Separately, we will limit the uppercase version of racial categorization. brown. Although the term has gained general acceptance, the designation is seen by many as a catch-all to describe people of color, of vastly diverse ethnicities, and cultural backgrounds who are not black. Separately, political terms used to promote racial ideologies to the advocate, either ethnic support, superiority, or separations remain lowercase. It's true. All people of European descent have the same exact cultural background experience that can be lumped into. And it's not. They're being smart smartass. I really don't think that a Palestinian-American, an Eastern European Jew, a working-class Greek, New Yorker, a Quaker, and the descendant of white southern plantation owners all have one distinct cultural identity, white sending email to WP senior staff to ask if a lesbian, if I'm lesbian or lesbian with a capital L or small L. For years on this show, I have said the left are wordsmiths and here is my definition. I mean, I've been saving this because I knew this would come back up again, but my God, how much of a wordsmith are you when we're having a whole discussion of whether we should capitalize racist races? But it doesn't stop there. I was talking to the wife, joking about something, and I'm sure birds are racist. And I did a Google search. Reckoning with the racist past of bird names. The Bachman Sparrow is named for Reverend John Bachman, who espoused white supremacy. And they're talking about taking away names because of that. Uh, McCown longspur, spawned Cox for changing names. John Porter McCown was involved in forcible relocation of Native Americans during the 1840s and left the United States Army to serve as a Confederate general. So we can't have a bird. Challenges to name changes. A chance to educate. Uh, Amid protests, and this came with it, amid protests against racism, scientists moved to strip offensive names from journals, prizes, and more. But we're still not covering PPFA's uh, eugenics. Margaret Sanger. Hmm. Updates. The story has been updated include the American Society of Ethnology and Herpetology decision to change the name of its flagship journal, Copia, to Ethnology and Herpetology, beginning with the first issue of 2021. It also includes the Entomological Society of America decision to change the name to Student Trivia Competition. Updated three July. This story has been updated. Include Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory decision to remove the name of biologist James Watson from his graduation program. <laughs> <laughs> they got all these white kids studying and learning up all this shit to go back and go, hey, this is probably bad, and that's probably bad. In here, uh, I was going to read a uh, graduate students around the world who contributed to spreadsheet. The list potentially problematic common and scientific names of plants and animals, there it is, it includes scorpion, a duck and a button quail that carry the names Hottentota, Hottentota or Hottentotus. Colonists in the century, 17th century use Hottentot as a derogatory term for an indigenous black people in Africa. Researchers say other names include those of the Nastatermus corniger tremite, the Osentata medus butterfly, the Speak, Weaver, McCown longspur, and the flowers, chives, and turtles named after Linnaeus Apostles. Also included slurs or glorifying bigots. Nomenclature is in service to hierarchies, says Harriet Washington, an ethnicist who has written about structural racism in medicine. Toppling these statues, so to speak, is not eroding history so much as issuing a correction to it. McGee, who co-organized last month's Black Birders Week, favors such name changes. And she says she has been blindsided by the pervasiveness of radicalized taxonomy learning only recently that the lizard she studies is named for H.C. Yarrow who objectified the bodies of others in order to explain and justify racial dominance. According to the Museum and Empire National History, Human Cultures and Colonial Identities, a book by historian John McKenzie that nobody's read, McGee was disappointed but not surprised by that history. She says McGee campaigned to change her field term from noosing to lassoing has made limited headway, she says, but she is not discouraged. What is customary or convenient to previous generations of scientists is not a good excuse for retaining racism, she says. I've accepted. I'm the type of person who will speak up so the next black herpentologist doesn't have to go through this. My God in heaven, you people are fucking insane. You're just fucking insane. It's a disease. It's a fucking disease. So much sore. So, Michigan Bed and Breakfast removes Norwegian flag after receiving abuse, mistaking it for Confederate flag. They don't even look the same. St. John, Michigan has removed Norwegian flag from the building after dozens of people allegedly confused it for Confederate flag and complained. According to WILX10. Dozens of guests and people driving by have accused the couple behind the Nordic Pineapple Bed and Breakfast of flying a Confederate flag. Jertsen Offenbecker, one of the owners, said they are the same color, but there are no stars on the Norwegian flag, and the Confederate flag is a big X. The Norwegian flag is part of a Nordic country's; they're all crosses. Offenbecker claimed angry passerby have told them, "You should be ashamed to fly the Confederate flag. You're a bigot because you fly the Confederate flag." That the abuse became so negative they decided to remove the flag altogether from fears it was deterring people from visiting. In a Facebook post last week, the Nordic Pineapple announced the removal of the flag, proclaiming it is sad day at the Nordic Pineapple. We have decided to no longer fly the Norwegian flag on the front of the inn. This flag is so often mistaken for the Confederate flag, and people are often offended by it before they realize they are mistaken. I'm very proud of my Norwegian heritage and will fly it on special occasions like Norwegian Indigenous independence, and maybe I will find a less conspicuous place to fly it. But for now, we feel that it is best decision to take it down. Offenbecker declared, adding, if you got to know us, you would see that we are very proud Americans and patriotic. Greg served his country in the Navy during Desert Storm, was a proud employee of the Department of Homeland Security. Their two adopted children are both black, and we have tried to teach them not to judge On first glance, we love being members of the St. John's community and are heartbroken to have to make this decision. Given the current cultural climate and the idea that people are judging us based on misconception of a Norwegian flag versus a confederate, this is what is best for our family and our inn. My God. What in the actual fuck? is wrong with you people. It, it, it never ends. Rutgers English Department seeks to push against biases in grammar. Wakowski said in an email published to the University website that the English Department would be incorporating critical grammar in our pediology. This approach challenges the familiar dogma that writing instructions should limit emphasis on grammar, sentence level issues. So, Because we believe that all black people are stupid, we're not going to do grammar. This is like back when they did Ebonics in California, and then quietly removed Ebonics from California. Black faculty of Columbia demand schools start unlearning whiteness. Is that racist? Anybody out there? I I think that's racist. Black faculty at Columbia University are making demands for white supremacy to be recognized and dismantled within its institution. and the demands, they outline 11 steps to undergo the process of unlearning whiteness. According to the statement from the black faculty of Columbia Graduate School of Architecture, Planning, and Preservation. (laughs) Because remember, buildings are racist as fuck and sexist because they jut up. They ejaculate in the sky. We're in a sea change in attitudes towards race relations, there's a call for real action to dismantle racist systems. To do this, we must unlearn and challenge whiteness and white supremacy. Student and faculty should understand how it operates in historical legacy and how it is perpetuated in the school, faculty state. White supremacy, they say, needs interrogating to understand anti-black racism. They then list 11 steps directed to the school for the unlearning process. And those steps are the same old, same old. We must have almost all black speakers. We must go through every fucking thing ever. You must mandatory reading list of just black people. What the fucking fuck, man? What the fucking fuck? How is that not fucking... How is... How? Anybody. Anybody out there. Then you go to ASU... And all of a sudden, Abraham Lincoln wasn't freeing the slaves. You go over to fucking Louisville. Professor, he'll stop and beat students within an inch of your life. That's what he fucking said on his podcast, the Ricky Jones Podcast. Something that I've thought about doing here changing my name to the Tony Reed Show, but it's a total new rebrand. In it, somebody um, had a Christian pamphlet he said, perhaps you believe you're gay or maybe you're sympathetic towards homosexuality you think that what well, people do sex is own business. Whatever the case, I want to convince you that you're sitting in a car on a railroad track with a train coming. You don't know it. Following the incident, Ricky Jones on his podcast, come to one of my classes with that. I'll drag your behind into my class. Me and my 50-odd students will stomp you, beat you with an inch of your life, then drag you out of a room and deny we did it. He then goes on a screed of, I never got interviewed, blah, 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 blah. And this is bullshit and it's racist and you're bleeding black staff. Because he says he didn't do it, but I listened to the podcast he did. Yeah. He, He said it. Then we go to Department of English Advocates. English professor expresses concern over... To kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, we're going after Atticus Finch. Jeffrey Glover, a professor in the Department of English, advocates for the use of the popular novel in classrooms to be reevaluated during an interview with Pitwire. The very idea that this novel actually speaks about racism as a complex, well rounded treatment is a bit of a misnomer. Rather, it approaches racism from one direction from an external white outsider mentality. The focus of the novel is zeroed in on either Scout as an innocent character or Atticus as a paragon of moral virtue standing up against injustices. So just burn the fucking book! Everybody burn the book! Burn it! <laughs> and then, I mean, we, I... I I haven't done college crazy in a while, but here you go. Scarlet letter. I said it was going to happen. Conservative student group threatened with blacklisting for refusing to sign BLM letter, which is the nice way of the BLM bow we played on the show. Group of students at University of Illinois at Urban Champaign signed a letter of demands to the Federalist Society chapter of the university after the chapter stated it would remain neutral on BLM. I'm incredibly proud to be part of an institution among leaders who, when faced with the recent crisis from the black community, who has for their entire existence in this country been oppressed, amplifies these cries loud enough so that those in power will hear them. Began the letter authored by University of Illinois College of Law student Celestine Radagano, who's not black a copy of which campus reform has obtained. But amongst the dialogue and the cries, there is this tangible silence that should not be ignored. This is the silence of the Federalist Society. They were going after groups that don't think like us. The letter continued. It went on to explain that the Federalist Society did not sign a letter affirmatively stating that Black Lives Matter and pledging to be anti-racist. The letter acknowledges that the FedSoc communicated that they were not allowed to issue or sign any statement per policy orders of the national FedSoc leaders. But dismissing the claim as disingenuous, FedSoc does make statements, alleged the letter. In a letter form or not, it makes very strong statements that veils them as debates. For example, FedSoc made a statement invited a host speaker to talk about minimum wage, freedom of action, labor unions, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Black lives. Uh, let me get to the bottom. Actually, when it comes time, uh, when you interpret the Constitution, where there is only one right, non-debated stance: Black Lives Matter. Rodrigo wrote before demanding that the group both produce the policy order from the national that states chapters are not side statements. A break with the nationals to show support for Black Lives and do what we tell you. B or C? There was no B. Where's the B? B. In the alternative, individual board members sign on to the ACS statement or C, be publicly transparent about your lack of support for BLM. Silence from FedSoc is interpreted as rejection of BLM. The letter concludes. Well, what's wrong with rejecting a Marxist society group? I'm rejecting it. See, they're going to scarlet letter everybody. And then as previously stated, we then have Student government leaders resigned to make space for minorities. University of Connecticut undergraduate student government resigned from the positions due to anti-racist concerns. Before President Josh Crow and Vice President Alexander Owes resigned, the USG faced backlash for not making the organization welcoming to POC. The USG had faced criticism for an Instagram post that encouraged students to fill out a survey to report on their experiences with discrimination in UConn black at UConn, an Instagram page used to anonymously submit complaints about the university promoted the survey. The post stated it's interesting how y'all always claim to care about diversity, but your black and Latinx members are often talked over, looked past, and not valued. Which brings me to CSA. Everybody knows you have Netflix... Amazon, fucking everybody shoving black stories and everything. Well, one of them was CSA, and here is the trailer from CSA. <laughs>
15: At long last, the movie you've been waiting for. A thrilling look at the history of our great nation. I pledge allegiance to
22: the
1: flag of the Confederate States of
7: America. Learn how we protected the noble
5: institution of slavery. A new generation of young people are are excited now about owning Negroes. Watch subjugation at its finest and the master race
6: rise to unprecedented heights.
18: Let's start
2: with Jupiter and his family.
0: Versatility is the key with Jupiter. He's healthy, well-mannered, loyal, smart, but not uppity. Oh, and what a litter
2: of pickin' she's had. As with all SSN products, we can either break up Jupiter's family for you, or you can have them as a set. So, let the bidding begin.
11: A quick trial was convened and former President Lincoln was convicted of war crimes against the Southern nation.
23: Now I too am a
4: Negro. (laughs) Introducing the Shackle, the revolutionary new way of servant monitoring. The Shackle will stand up to the most strenuous of escape attempts, perfect for children and at the low, low price
11: of $49.95. Hitler proposed that America join with him in a final solution. But he did create a
4: provision allowing a small number of Jews to remain on the reservation here on Long Island. Mm -hmm. Slavery, like nothing else, is what defines us as a people, as a nation. Amen.
7: So in their ever, ever fucking quest to say everybody's racist, everybody's horrible, as stated, they went and looked up all this crazy shit. So it's kind of long. These are ads. And once again, some of this stuff is true from the 1830s, 20s. But I just find this incredibly racist.
16: A man fills many roles in his lifetime. Provider, protector, master of the house. As a father, you have a vital role in your family's life. They depend on you to be there. We help to make sure you can fulfill that promise because no matter what they call you, at the end of the day, you know you're just dead. Confederate Family Insurance. For over 100 years, protecting the people and their property.
5: I'm so tired of eating dust. I've tried everything and nothing works. Is there anything that can make this car faster?
6: <laughs> Try some of this, sport. You Cooner. cooter! Sambo X-15 is specially formulated for the way America drives. It blasts and cleans away those stubborn black deposits that rob your engine of power.
23: It lubricates and protects.
6: Listen to her fur.
11: Thanks, Duke.
5: Don't thank me. Thank Sambo X-15.
15: It's what the pros use. When may I expect an interviewer?
1: Presently, Mr.
26: Herrick. Presently. What would the noontime be without the classic "Leave It to Beulah"? Beulah, who's always in the kitchen, but never
1: seems to know what's
26: cooking. Weekdays at noon.
1: Oh honey, I just saw your slaves <laughs> running off down the street. Hurry! come,
18: please. <laughs> no problem! No problem? Well, aren't you afraid he'll get away? No!
9: Not with the Shackle.
4: Introducing the Shackle, the revolutionary new way of servant monitoring. Just place the shackle around his or her wrist, and when your property strays from your designated area, in minutes, the authorities have your chattel in custody. The secret? Inside the shackle is a space-age computer monitoring chip, allowing the police to track your slippery buck on radar. In no time, he's back home in his cabin. Made of lightweight aluminum alloys, the shackle won't weight your uncle down like old-fashioned chains. And it's tough. The shackle will stand up to the most strenuous of escape attempts. It's unbreakable. It comes in a variety of sizes. Perfect for children and at the low, low price of $49.95. Why wait? Step into the 21st century. Get the Shackle.
8: Aren't you going to stay for coffee? Can't. Gotta get
1: the Shackle.
4: Have your credit card ready or send $49.95 check or money order to the Shackle. The Shackle keeps them in line every time. Operators are standing
1: by. Down home At Cocoon Chicken
8: Inn, we aim to please the best 100% mammy-made, family-style meals. You can taste the love.
1: I like the white meat. I'm a fresh man. We, we just love, love it, it
20: here.
8: You'll just keep hollering. Gal, fetch me some more. Look for that wide mouth coon near you.
20: Coon Chicken
8: in. Just gave this place a good scrubbing, but everything is still dull as
11: dishwater. Miss Anne's gonna fret something fierce.
1: Hi, who is yo? I'm Goldie. I'm Dusty. We're the Gold Dust Twins. Are
11: you a slave to housework? Let the gold dust twins emancipate you from the burdens of cleaning. It gets everything shining like new!
23: Thank you, Gold Dusty.
1: Don't be afraid! Get gold dust today!
26: Fall out here. Means more than growling a, a young buck. It's a time of crisp, clean morning air and the sound, thundering stampede. It's a time when horses come down from the high pasture and a man prepares for another tough winter. It's time for a nigger hair, and American.
19: This is Newsbreak. I'm Jeb Boone. Confederate Express, the nation's leading shipper, issued a warning today that House servants are
11: using the service to, in their words, overnight themselves to freedom. There's
20: this one fella chipped his whole family, wife and two kids, up north in a box labeled Home Entertainment Center. Another big tip, check for air holes. Back after this.
1: These
8: are the faces of Contrary. With Contrary, One little blue pill gives all day control. Side effects may include vomiting, shortness of breath, nausea, blurred vision, liver and kidney problems, constipation, and anal bleeding. Contrary has been known to cause heart attack in some old uncles. Contrary is not meant for servants who are nursing or about to drop a litter. Your veterinarian
10: about contrary today. Do you know someone of questionable racial identity? A neighbor? Someone at work? Contact the Office of Racial Identity at 1 800 555 PASS. You might be eligible for a cash reward.
14: That's
12: right. Passing.
26: Can you stand it, boss? Can you take oh dim microscopic shiners gleaming your teeth? Go on, now. That's it. Oh, right. Now that's the power of ducky.
15: Mmm, ducky.
11: For a shine that's bright.
0: For long years.
15: I wanted to help all
8: God's creatures, great and small, but my grades just weren't high enough for
11: medical school. But now, I'm on the fast track to success.
26: Train for a new and exciting career at CI, the Cartwright Institute for the Study of Freedom Illnesses. In just months, not years, CI can train you for a rewarding career as an overseer, patty roller, servant monitor, breeder or get an associate's degree in e-slave accounting. Perform medical experiments. Learn the nature of freedom diseases. You'll be proud working firsthand with doctors tackling the challenges of Negro peculiarities. Become that person you always knew you could be. Call CI today. Classes are forming, so call right now. Run and boy, run gonna get you. Run way, get you. run play.
17: gonna do? What's gonna do? gonna do? we do? to do? you to Run get you. gotta Run you. play. to do? you gonna to do? Then we find you. to do? you going you gonna do?
1: Then we find you. Runaway
26: run away. Run away tonight at
7: 10.30 And then I went and decided, okay, I'm going to do a segment. And this is like one of the segments where they show that slave trading has gone to the internet. And this was 2004. It was just 16 years ago during the Bush administration. And once again, purpose to say America's racist... Do you not think this makes them kind of racist making something like this?
11: Fauntroy brought slave training out of the Dark Ages, utilizing the latest multimedia technology.
6: Ike the Lord.
8: shall we? He won't have to Delilah has
16: just learned that Ike is planning to escape. Escape attempts are costly and disruptive. How will Delilah handle it?
25: Doesn't he know how good we have it here? Good
8: food, a rope over our head, and a kind master?
16: Don't be afraid to learn more. Be Mass's ear.
8: If he's still talking that abolition talk.
16: Bingo. Delilah has discovered that Ike's mind ain't right. Critical information. Delilah's next
23: move, go tell it. Yes, sir, Master. I could plan to to off tonight. I thought you should know. Thank you, Delilah. I'm glad you shared this information with me. You know, Delilah,
19: you are a good one.
11: Like Delilah, you too can be a good one. Fauntroy's new agencies were designed to monitor and correct the American fabric.
25: When he stays out all night or gives you a fatherly smack, remember... He's the master of the house, and as such, he will always exercise his will with fairness and truthfulness.
26: I'm here to speak to you about an important medical problem. Are you now,
10: or have you ever been, a homosexual?
26: And we've
12: encouraged Hollywood to create more shows like uh, That's My Boy. You can't help but laugh at Cleveland.
26: Follow the antics of America's favorite Jigaboo, Cleophas, as he deals with the challenge of freedom on That's My Boy, weeknights at
15: 6.30. That's just me, boss!
26: That's my boy.
15: Look at
12: the Slave Shopping Network. The Slave Shopping Network alone has done wonders to bring back the joys of uh, Negro ownership
2: let's talk slaves. For the next hour I'm here with Joyce and she has brought us some of the most incredible servants to pick from today. That's right Paula we have 40 extraordinary Negroes right off the tarmac waiting for you. And I know one of them's just right for you and your home so let's start with Jupiter and his family. Now Joyce you say that Jupiter's a
0: buck for the nineties. That's right Paula. Versatility is the key with Jupiter. Mm-hmm. He's the perfect slave for home, office, or industry. He's healthy, adaptable, and reliable. Oh and what about our gal Prissy? Oh, what a find. Well-mannered, loyal, smart, but not uppity. Oh and what a litter of
2: pickaninny she's had. Aren't those two of the cutest little things you ever saw? They would be so helpful around the yard or with dinner parties. Now As with all SSN products, we can either break up Jupiter's family for you, or you can have them as a set. So, let the bidding begin.
17: A new generation of young people are are excited now about owning Negroes. The buying, trading, and selling of servants on the internet has pumped over $500 million into the economy. But behind pornography, it's the top-selling item on the net i
7: just find all of that incredibly racist and goes with what we're living right now in their quest to stomp out racism they become racist and their quest to stomp out fascism they are the fascists and i didn't do a gay section because i just i'm just gonna do one and then we're gonna go to this american close this pig out Stephen L. Miller, the word woman appears exactly zero times in this story. So empowering, so progressive. Because this is how far they've gone in their religion of intersectionality. CNN, individuals with the cervix are now recommended to start cervical cancer screenings at 25 and continue through age 65 with HPV testing every five years as a preferred method of testing according to a new guideline released by the American Cancer Society. Wordsmiths, individuals. Once again, moonbats, you only, only can get cervical cancer if you have a fucking cervix and men don't. So, got a positive story, but I'll do it in our soundbite of the day, which is our next thing. These are police guys stomping some ass.
10: Well, my gosh. What can I say except Debbie, you're going to Paris, and this is the final answer heard all around the world. He's won a million dollars.
7: Our positive story of the day is that Perseverance began its seven-month journey to the Red Planet. It's going to go with a new rover and, more importantly a fantastic helicopter. Yeah, drone helicopter that'll fly around. Which brings us to our This Is America. Which is never good.
29: This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping up. No. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now.
5: Don't catch you slipping now.
8: It's time for the last sound bite. Like the media say when they are pushing fake liberal agenda stories.
21: And this is America in 2019. my area,
5: I got the strap.
21: Now,
6: if you talk to economists who serve presidents of both parties, they will tell you that Peter Navarro himself is a crackpot in his own field of economics a couple things about that alison first of all mary trump said in her book recently that is the president's niece that the president is a child trapped in an adult's body um that the level of reasoning and uh uh, explanation displayed by the president is consistent with that so was yesterday his complaint that nobody likes me second of all step back for a minute we know that before uh, donald trump was a political candidate Russia was his financial, Russia and Russians were his financial benefactors. We know from Robert Mueller that Russia then helped the president's campaign. We know the president then welcomed that help. We know that since Donald Trump became president, he has consistently acted in ways that advance the strategic objective of Russia to weaken NATO and the Western Alliance. Here we saw the president Uh, doing the same thing. He was more interested in that interview in criticizing General Nicholson, uh, who had been uh, a military commander with responsibility for Afghanistan, who has pointed out Russian help for the Taliban. He was more interested in criticizing him than he was in criticizing the Russians. So what you have is a president who is displaying actual indifference to the lives of the soldiers under his command. Any A normally functioning president would confront the Russian leader uh, over these reports, which did in fact reach his desk in the presidential uh, daily brief. So you put that together, that indifference to the lives of American soldiers, with his conduct uh, in uh, directing the coronavirus, where he is uh, displaying indifference to the lives of uh, American citizens uh, in this pandemic, it's profoundly disturbing
0: are you worried that he will refuse to leave office if he loses again you know that's something we can only speculate at this point but what i do believe is that there are two crucial factors that will determine that the first one is uh, joe biden's margin of victory if joe biden wins if he has an, a very large margin of victory you know a landslide then i think donald would be so narcissistically injured that he would do anything to uh spin himself away from that pain and he'll figure out something that's even better than leading america you know
27: because we yeah very quickly before i let you go um you've, you've written pretty clearly that you believe your grandfather was a sociopath do you think that your uncle donald trump is a sociopath and have you taken measures Uh, are are you worried about yourself are you are you worried because his his followers are quite fanatical uh, and have you taken measures just to protect yourself in in speaking out
0: yeah i mean of course i've taken precautions i'm not worried but you know just being safe because i i I know my family Uh, they're pretty vindictive but i also as you say understand that he has a quite uh, passionate following um but as for whether he's a sociopath uh to the degree my grandfather was i think it's sort of irrelevant because he certainly behaves like
7: that was them burning a pig on an american flag with the police hats on it and i thought shitting on a burning flag which is the reason when i was in afghanistan and i saw that for the riots of iraq and portland i could never go back to portland and i was right that isn't my home those people are not american then we have buck sexton who then puts a damper on the entire fucking media establishment. This is the CDC director.
20: I think it's important to realize that... It's in the public health best interest of K-12 through 12 students to get back in face-to-face learning. There's really very significant public health consequences of the school closure. So, well, For uh, example, 7.1 million kids get their mental health service in schools. They get uh, nutritional support as we mentioned from schools. We're seeing an increase in drug use disorder as well as suicide in the adolescence individuals. So, I do think it's really important to realize it's not public health versus the economy about school opening. It's public health versus public health of the K-12 to get these schools open. We got it.
7: And I quote it is in the public's health interest of K-12 children to be back in school. We need to get on with it. Dr. Redfield CDC chief keeping schools closed for in-person learning is purely political. It's obvious and a lot of people need to stop lying about it. And Redfield also said if we wear masks, avoid crowded places and wash hands, we'll get the same bang for our buck as we did with the shutdown. But they're not going to do that. A normal person. I get it. My dad wasn't important, so it's okay to limit his funeral to 10 people tomorrow. This is not an attack or a statement on Lewis or Mass. Rather, a statement on the double standards of those who have voted into office versus the people who voted for them. The double standard is abhorrent. Not sure why an ABC local affiliate who's black decided to say this. Thanks for clarifying. It does seem like an attack. Your dad was important. I'm sorry for your loss. I know the feelings of losing parents, but that doesn't warrant shade for a civil rights icon and a congressman who spent his life fighting for others. Nancy Pelosi stir fry is their handle. Perhaps if it was your own character and Prejudice, which made it seem like an attack in shade, perhaps you need to take a look at yourself instead of projecting on others others it really doesn't at all if you're sitting over here with the rest of us non-elites you literally just confirmed his original statement so either you knew perfectly effing well it wasn't an attack or you do believe it was attack but agree it was warranted and either way you're a fucking hypocritical douchebag georgia is a state that's dc requires a 14-day quarantine for returning travel do those that attend in atlanta follow the rules the answer is no It didn't read his shade. Lewis is an incredible man, but double standards are what frustrates people. Pointing that out doesn't mean a person wants less liberties or celebrities. So this guy comes back (coughs) later, not at all. His father was important, should be celebrated, but he wasn't John Lewis. And that sums it up right there. Wasn't John Lewis. Which brings me to my last soundbite, which is supposed to be This is America, but this is America's America kind of turned into. The worst thing I heard of the day. Here's Tucker. Gotta play a Tucker. This is just a gigantic power grab. Anybody who doesn't think that it's not about George Floyd, it's not about the fucking virus, it's about shutting the country down and having it fucked up so people will vote for Biden, and it's about Democrats changing drastically, our country... To a Marxist society, you need to get your head out of the mainstream media or undercover Democrat or talk opponents meadow, media matters. This is nothing but power. And Tucker says it better than I can ever do.
19: After two months of rioting and political chaos, there are still people out there who claim this is all about the death of George Floyd. Believe it or not, there are. Some of the people who say that may actually believe it. We're giving them the benefit of the doubt. The liberal mom who lives next door to you, for example. She's probably entirely sincere when she lectures you about the scourge of police brutality. She means it. She has no idea BLM is about anything else. We're not judging, and that's not surprising. Most Americans are nice people. They're literal and ingenuous. They tend to take claims at face value because they want to believe the best. But in this case, they are wrong. None of what you are watching is about civil rights. Violence and race baiting are the enemies of civil rights. What you're watching instead is a power grab. It's being coordinated by the most ruthless and cynical figures in American politics. They don't want you to know what they're doing. They're not honorable enough to state their intentions. They're not like you at all. When normal people want something, they can be aggressive. But the professional left never is. It's invariably passive aggressive. Their first instinct is to manipulate rather than persuade. They hide their real beliefs. They say precisely the opposite of what they mean every time. They accuse you of the crimes they themselves are committing. It makes your head spin. Arguing with them is pointless, by the way. They're nihilists. They don't believe in the existence of truth or in the fixed meaning of words. They care only about power. It's painful to say this. It hurts to admit there are people in our country who are like this, but there are, and they have more power than ever. If you need more evidence of that, Barack Obama showed up at Congressman John Lewis's funeral today. Obama claimed he was there to eulogize his own friend, but that's not true, and that's not what he did. Instead, Obama gave a divisive and deeply dishonest campaign speech in church. Here's part of what he said. By ending some of the partisan gerrymandering
4: so that all voters have the power to choose their politicians, not the other way around. And if all this takes eliminating the filibuster, another Jim Crow relic, in order to secure the God-given rights of every American, then that's what we should do.
19: It's hard to believe that clip is real, but it is down to the cloying fake accent, Mr. Hawaii Guy. But take three steps back. Imagine if some greasy politician showed up at your loved one's funeral and started throwing around stupid partisan talking points about Senate procedure. Can you imagine that? You would be shocked if that happened. You'd probably walk out desecrating a funeral with campaign slogans. What kind of person would do that? But Democrats in the audience didn't seem offended. They didn't blink. They cheered. It all seemed normal to them. And why wouldn't it? Political power is their religion. It's not out of place in a church. It's what they worship. People who will politicize a funeral will do anything, and they're trying to. Democrats are working systematically to dismantle the core institutions of American life, beginning with the family and with faith. They're subverting the core system in our government, the justice system. They're nullifying laws, burning police stations, attacking courthouses, working to eliminate the legal equality of American citizens, the foundation of it all. They've systematically repurposed federal law enforcement agencies as political weapons. They have imprisoned their political opponents. Their leaders have called for making all of these changes permanent by packing the Supreme Court, packing the United States Senate, packing the electorate itself by importing tens of millions of new voters. Why are they doing all of this? They'll tell you it's to make the country better and more just, but the country isn't improving, and it's not fairer. They're doing this for one reason, to ensure they have complete control of the United States. We're watching it happen right now, though almost no one ever admits it, and those who do come close to getting shut down. We can tell you stories. So how should the rest of us respond to what we're seeing? And let's be clear, by the rest of us, we're not just talking about conservatives or people who watch the show. We're talking about literally everybody else. Moderates, the politically non-aligned, traditional liberals who still care about civil liberties. There are some of those. Sincere religious people of all faiths. Immigrants from abroad who came to this country because of our Bill of Rights, only to watch it evaporate once they got here. In other words, Everyone who fundamentally loves this country, which is still most Americans. What do people like that do in the face of this, this revolution? Well, it's simple. Defend the system that we have. That's our job. The American system is flawed. No one doubts that. But it works better than any other system in history. And tearing it down will not help. In fact, it will benefit only a few, the ones pushing for it. And it will crush millions. So if you care about the United States, fight for its institutions. They have served us well. This country has survived almost 250 years through a civil war. Let's keep going. The president this morning vented his frustrations on Twitter about potential voter fraud in the upcoming election. He wrote this quote, with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the United States. We don't know if that's true. We hope it's not. It could be, though. That's what the president wrote. And then he ended this way, quote, delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote. End quote. Delay the election. And that was the headline across cable news today. And we should be clear, that will not happen. The election will almost certainly take place in November. But at this point, it's probably unwise to suggest changing the election. Voter fraud or not. Too much is in flux already. That's not accidental. It's by design. A bewildered population dealing with change from every possible direction cannot fight back. That's why they're doing it. So our job is to defend what we already have as a nation and to promote the continuation of it. Keeping things the same has never been more important than it is right now.
7: I mean, you can't sum it up any better. You know, the Austin guy who was killed was a vet. That hit the military papers. And we talk about all the gayness, which was on my census, but vet status isn't. Because we're in a phase of our country where there's going to be two laws, two standards, and if you don't see it, look in the streets. You can protest unfucking. On uh, social distancing without masks. You can do whatever the fuck you want, but you can't have a barbecue. You can't have a funeral for your family. John Lewis was a great man. He had three fucking goddamn funerals. Nobody was wearing a mask. But that's them. And you're not part of them unless you're gay. If you're white, you have to be gay to be part of that. Even the skinny jean-wearing, chai-latte-drinking fucking Antifa guys. They're not down with... No. Once Biden gets elected, you better pack up your fucking shields. And as I say to everybody that will listen to me, it doesn't fucking matter. The moment this election's over and Biden is elected president, because he probably will be, because people won't listen to what they're saying or research what their policies are or understand he's an empty vessel that the left is going to shove all their Marxism into. This COVID thing goes away. We're not locking shit down. The protest will pack up. Anify, you take a fucking federal building, the black helicopter's coming for you. Because the very people that cry about power, when they get their hands on power... They lose their shit. Look at Obama. It's a no shitter. They gobbled up every five, five, six rounds they could get for what they believed to be civil disturbances to his policies. Do you remember that? They're going to take your guns, they're going to take your ammo, and then if you're one of the lucky ones that already have your license, you'll have to go get licenses. And do background checks that are very intrusive. They'll probably do fucking people coming to your house, talking to your family, your neighbors. It'll be like a security check to try to not let you have the, anything. And that'll be for ammo. And then if I want to send a gun, sell a gun like I want to to Matt in Oregon, I won't be able to do it anymore. They'll go through a bunch of background checks. They're going to charge us money to do it. Lots of money. Fees. And they use those fees for more socialist bullshit. So this wraps up another episode of Flower Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share with your family and friends. Send comments to F O P P O D. C A S T at Gmail.com. Fop Podcast Gmail.com. Get the show on SoundCloud, Podcast Static, Tune and Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Down, and Pocket Cast. Remember to check out our Twitter page at FOP Tony Reed. Our next show is going to be Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday five. Yeah. August Year of the Lord 2020 We will then probably not do a Sunday And we'll push it to the 11th Because that's my hospital day I always like doing it on hospital day I'm going to go get my medicine Until then Disconnect from all your devices Don't listen to the mainstream media Give some time to your family And tune back in next Wednesday For another show As always thanks for listening Take care
26: thank you for listening to flyover politic podcast please check out our Facebook page at FOP podcast and Twitter account at pop tony Reed remember it's a short ride make
22: everyday count